Here we are with episode 107 of the Florida Trail Runners podcast. Now, I know it's been a month since I've gotten an episode out. You know, I've been super busy, but hey, we are talking about the Western States 100. So we're going all the way back to the end of June. And on the chat, we've got Tyler Peterson, Joseph Pinter, and Zach Hanna. All three of these guys got into Western States this year and got that belt buckle. We talk about waiting years to get into this race. You know, the snow, the weather, the course, and you know how those miles went down. So, hey, with that, I know y'all have been waiting a month before another episode. So let's kick it off with some stories from the Western States 100. Joe, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. All right, perfect. What's hey, happening? Uh, hey, Joe. How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Good. I'm doing great. Just uh, locked up in my office here at work and uh, decided it was a good, quiet spot with excellent Wi-Fi. Perfect. And decided to bring my dog with me, so he's hanging with me. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't all have you. we went out for a nice long walk before this and uh, a little warm, so... <laughs> I, yeah, I hide in the car so I don't do it inside. With <laughs> <laughs> well, I told my wife our, our Wi-Fi it's usually pretty good, but um, like my son plays his video games and he's like, "Dad, you gotta do something about this <laughs> Wi-Fi." And I figured, well, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna mess with it tonight. I'll just come to work and no interruptions. I mean, yeah, it's just me and the dog. <laughs> and I guess our lawnmower guy is out here. I can hear him. Uh, driving around out there hey guys can you hear me okay oh yeah awesome yeah i might i might have to walk away from this mower before we get going <laughs> i know it's gonna be by my window office window here any minute now i know it gosh all nice but you know he has to do it now because we um we do have parking in the grass i mean he'll be by my office here in probably just a couple minutes and we'll see how it goes but i can always move if need be but you can hear that he's like right outside my window right yeah. now. But it's uh, like I said, it's not much that he has to mow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But man, how are y'all feeling since Western States? <laughs> Pretty good here. Uh, yeah. Recovering Is that physically, emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. I haven't run since I've gotten back. Um, yeah. my legs are my legs are trashed. I normally my my guys I'm running with during the week they make fun of me. You know, the, the, I'll I'll take like a couple of days off and then I'll come out and run with them in the morning or something. But oh no, I, I've not been back out. Yeah, no running, no no running for me either. It's it's kind of a I'm a kind of in like a weird headspace. It, it for me, Western was a goal that was seven years in the making, and it's like I you know not really sure what to do with that now that 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 goal has been realized 
Yeah, I've um, I, I usually take it easy after these races, and um, I did go out and ride the bike for a little while yesterday, and walked the dog a lot. You know, just some active recovery, but nothing crazy, no yeah. running. I just like to ease back into it, and um, yeah, that's pretty much my story. Yeah, I think that point with like the mindset thing, because it's I think um, Luis Gomez kind of had that same thought where it's like, I, like where do I go from here? Because obviously this was such a huge goal, and it's like not that long ago not that long ago, you know, you were holding that belt buckle. I feel like every, every day since I, I haven't run a step, but I feel like every day I've worn at least some sort of like Western States apparel, whether that's the buckle <laughs> or the finisher shirt or, you know, whatever swag I acquired prior. It's like, I think that's been my biggest connection to it since, since the race has been over. Yeah. I, um, I, I wore my Western States buckle for a solid week afterwards, yeah. um, which is <laughs> what I typically do. Yeah. Um, I, I generally, though, I generally wear jeans. I generally wear um, one of my buckles uh, from, from, from a previous race. And usually I wear um, my Umstead buckle because it's, it's a great looking buckle. It's good quality. And it's not like obscenely large. Um, but I mean, I, I wear that thing, you know, five days a week. So I swapped it out for Western States, but um, yeah. that's kind of a special occasion buckle. So it's back in the box now, and I got the Umstead <laughs> buckle back. Okay. <laughs> it's not like the, the buckle from Cruel Jewel. Oh, that's like a dinner plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you eat off the same? <laughs> so I, got, I know I got a, a buckle from Burning River um, that's not quite as maybe a, a bread plate is a comparable size, but it's like so big that you, my like my belt won't stay buckled. So I think I need to get a new belt for it. But it's like so big it just it wants to like flop flop off yeah. and um, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't get a lot of wear because you know who wants to be the dude walking around with their belt buckle swinging everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and who said size matters? Now, right? <laughs> My uh, wife, May, and I, we both ran uh, the Hennepin 100 last year. That was our qualifier for Western States this year. And um, she ended up winning the female. And nice. I, I was way way behind her so she got her buckle and my buckle they look very very similar they're great looking buckles um but mine's like normal size and hers is just like it's like 50 percent large it's like ridiculous <laughs> i mean <laughs> so so i i'm i'm glad i didn't come in first <laughs> yeah right uh, keep it modest <laughs> and you know i guess we should you know formally kick this off with some introductions you know what's that running background for y'all who wants to go first just anybody or i mean i can jump in uh yeah, so, go for it, yeah. yeah for yeah for me um i kind of got into running um probably about when i was around 33 i was playing hockey trying to get in better shape and one of my buddies said uh Start play, start running. You're going to get more endurance. You start playing hockey better. I said, okay, that sounds good. And I was always athletic growing up, played ice hockey and soccer and baseball, you know, pretty much everything. So I was somewhat familiar with running, but not running like that. And uh, one thing led to another. Um, I decided to sign up for uh, the Gate River Run in Jacksonville, you know, with no experience. I mean, I ended up training like six months and, uh, it was funny because he said, yeah, it'd be a great idea. You should do this with us. And like two weeks before the race, he's like, yeah, we're not going. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going. But, uh, you know, I managed to get myself up to 10 miles nonstop. And I thought that was like, wow, this is amazing. 
went out, did the race and was pretty much hooked thereafter. And then um, 2011 is really when I started getting into ultra running. Uh, I did stump jump in uh, Tennessee back uh, 2011. And then just one thing led to another. And um, I've, I've done some Ironmans, things like that, backyard stuff, just all kinds of stuff. I just, uh, I like to adventure, I guess. That's kind of what I'm into. But um, yeah, one thing led to another. Uh, back in, I think it was around 2017, a buddy of, and I, you know, we, we heard about Western States and we saw Georgia Death Race was a qualifier. So at that point, it's like, oh, yeah, let's go do Georgia Death Race. You know, longest race we'd ever done was a 50K. But we got through it, and then finally I ended up doing my first 100, which was Pinhody. And I'm thinking, well, if I can go about 70 miles, what's another 50K? And that all worked out. And, you know, just been running ever since, just, you know, chasing these hundreds and all these other, you know, cool, fun races. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's a blessing and grateful for uh, still doing it. It's pretty cool. It's been a great ride. Joe, I love the um, the ultra logic there. If I, if I can just get to seventy, what's another thirty? What's another fifty k? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I use that strategy for Western states this year too. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always kind of break it down into uh, into marathons. So it's like, okay, once I get to the 50, 50 mile part point, you know, I'm like, okay, that's two marathons down. If I can just get to the third marathon, I've only got one <laughs> marathon left. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, you don't have those it makes perfect ways. sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense in the middle of the race, but saying it right now, I, I sound ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We, we all understand, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And Joe, you, you casually leave out that this is not your first time at Western States. <laughs> yeah. Miraculously, I got in again, and I still can't believe it. Uh, awesome. and uh, yeah, I got in, um, what was it, 2019, about four years, yeah, four years ago. And uh, it's funny because um, on this one, I'm watching the lottery, and I'm, I'm actually having a garage sale while I'm watching the lottery live, so I keep falling behind and everything. And uh, sales were great, which is good because I need to obviously fund this race now. But uh, I didn't know that at the time. And um, I got behind it and I saw Zach's name came, come up and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. So I text May. I'm like, May, Zach's in, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, a little bit later, because now I'm behind in the feed, you know, the live feed on YouTube. And next thing you know, my phone starts blowing up. And I'm thinking, you know, all these people are joking. This isn't serious. And sure enough, I kind of took a break from the yard sale. I said, I got to see what's going on here. And sure enough, I saw my name come up again. And I was just, I was floored because here I am pulling for everybody else I know. Because, you know, the chances of getting in twice, it just seems astronomical, which it, it, it really is. What was there, over 40,000 tickets in the lottery this and, year? Yeah. Say so everybody always says all you, all you need is one ticket. So, yeah, I think I know. All, all it takes is one. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. I was really happy for Zach, though, because I know he and May have been trying to get in for a while, and that that was great seeing his name come up. I, I was really excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 funny. You hear the you hear the, the your town, your city name. And you're like, oh, there's only two people that I know that are in the lottery from from our town here, and so I knew it was either uh, May or myself. So I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, I was like pulling for her, and then, you know, and that's that half second between hearing the the city name and and hearing my name pop up. I was I was you know half pulling for her, but 
you know, half wanting myself to get it also. Yeah, so yeah. I, was, I was kind of torn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Zach, Zach, funny little um, segue to that story. A couple years ago, um, was in the lottery, was living in West Palm Beach at the time, and, you know, was listening to the live stream. They pulled a name and they said, you know, from West Palm Beach, and my heart started racing. I'm like, this is it. And they're like, from West Palm Beach, Australia. <laughs> and somebody else and it's like i had no clue that there was even a west palm beach australia and i'm just like oh my gosh what are the what are the chances so you got got that nice adrenaline pump from the little yeah a little a little bit a uh, little bit of a yeah different a different adrenaline experience than the one you just described but yeah <laughs> yeah exactly what's, what's that uh what's that running background yeah, um, I let's see. My my wife May, who's also ultra runner, um, she she's she's been a runner pretty much all of her life, and we've been together for a long time. And she would always try to get me to run, and um, I it's every so often I would go out and like run with her, and yeah, I didn't really enjoy it, and I'd complain like my knees hurt or whatever. Um, so I just you know, just never really got into it. And, um, after our first, uh, child was born, um, in 2011, um, May, she ran all the way through her pregnancy. And, uh, I don't know. I think she took off about a week to have the baby. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. It was a little bit longer than that, but, um, she, uh, had signed up for, uh, like a 5k after, um, uh, you know, a couple months after our kid was born and I went out there that morning to, um, watch the baby while she went out and run to, to run. And, uh, it, it was, it was just, it was like a transformative experience for me. Uh, it was just, it was so nice being out there. It was like a crisp autumn morning and we saw a whole bunch of our friends, uh, even though I didn't run, I kind of partook in the social aspect of it. So a lot of our friends were, you know, our, our running friends. Uh, but it, it was just great being around people who were fit and just enjoying the outdoors. And um, so, I don't know, something came over me and I decided at that point, like, hey, I'm going to start running. So, May finished the race and I told her, like, I'm going to start running. She, she's like, yeah, whatever. Sure, sure you are. Um, <laughs> but next day, um, you know, found some old running shoes in the back of the closet and dusted them off. And I'm like, all right come on, let's go for a run. So I don't know, went out for like a, you know, three mile run or something like that. But that was the start of it. So that was 2011. Um, I yeah, started running thereafter and she signed me up for the, um, for the gate river run um, in in March. So about five months later, because uh, that that sounded like insurmountable to me at the time, running hmm. nine miles. I'm like, there's there's just no way, you know. And, and in my head, I was like, you know, running's kind of fun. I think I'll do some five k's here and there, and that'll be good. Um, but she signed me up for the Gate River Run, um, so we did that. And after that, um, I think like around 2013, um, we kind of got our intro to ultra running courtesy of born to run. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
we uh, she she had I think May had actually found that book uh, found the audio book copy and we were uh, on a road trip one night and popped it in and started listening to it and she ended up falling asleep I think maybe in the first or second chapter uh, but I was driving and I kept on listening to it and uh, I think she thought the intro was a little boring or something um, but. You know, the next day or something, I, I like couldn't stop talking about how awesome the book was. I'm like, this is great, and so made her go back and listen to it. Um, so we both, you know, both uh, listened to Born to Run and kind of got. Um, I think that was our that was our first like realization that there were these you know these longer distances out there. I mean, I think we had we had heard of like there being 50ks and things like that, but they never like really interested us because a lot of them that we would see would be like um like a road 50k or something and just wasn't really uh wasn't really something that piqued our interest, but um so that was like 2013, then I think around the same time I just like started looking for more ultra stuff and uh, I think that's how I found like ultra runner podcast. And I just remember going out on long runs and, um, you know, probably during like marathon training or something, going out on long runs and, and listening to ultra runner podcast and listen to these interviews with these people who are just like doing this crazy stuff, you know, these 50 milers and hundred milers. And, um, so somehow I got it, you know, in my head, I'm like, Oh, I want to run a, want to run a 50 miler. So, um, the first 50 miler I did was, uh, in 2014, I ran, uh, the Fort Clinch 50, uh, which is out at Fort Clinch state park, um, uh, in front of Dina beach and finished that. Um, that was a interesting experience. Um, I mean, it was, it was great though. It was great getting like off the roads onto the trails and, you know, accomplishing the 50 mile distance. Um, but you know, even at that point, I, you know, never really considered running anything longer. I always thought that, like, you know, 100 miles was, was a crazy distance. Um, so that didn't last too long, though. I, I think probably from listening to podcasts and listening to interviews and stuff like that, I got to my head like, okay, I want to run Western States. Because I've always kind of um, just all the descriptions of it, the history of the race, I mean, everything. Um, it, it was, you know, something that I wanted to do. So that's, I think, uh, that's probably like 2015, I think, was um, when I signed up for my first 100 miler, um, you know, specifically as a qualifier for Western States. And so that's kind of about, you know, what I've been working on um, <laughs> up to this point. So Zach, remind me again, you, how you've been in the lottery. Was it, was it six years? Yeah, it was six years. Okay. I was say, I remember chatting about that. So yeah, I guess that leaves me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think similar to, to what uh, Zach and Joe said, um, you know, running, running was something I guess I kind of came into after college you know, I kind of always run as uh, in high school for is training for other sports and, you know, it was always kind of a, a form of punishment, if you will, but always, 
you know, felt like I was, uh, was pretty good at it. Didn't run cross country or, or track or anything like that, but, um, started working full time, um, in the Orlando area. And, and my, uh, my twin brother who lives in Chicago had joined a, a Nike running group in Chicago and they had signed up for the, the Chicago marathon. And it was the fall of, I guess that would have been 2017. Um, he's like, Hey man, you should come do this with us. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's cool. Like, you know, um, sounds fun. And at that point, I think I'd run one 5k, um, but just kind of started into training and found running to be something that was, you know, something I really enjoyed when I was, you know, for the most part doing it, doing it on my own and, you know, kind of built up to, you know, to the marathon and, you know, from there just kind of continued running, running marathons and running, you know, road relays, joining friends in Chicago or Florida or wherever it was to road, you know, Ragnar, Ragnar relays and, and things like that. And just always kind of had a, you know, the marathon distance was always kind of what I, I guess I strived towards, you know, I'm, I've never, never been what I would consider to be super fast. So 5Ks and 10Ks and, and stuff are never really, have never really been something that's that appealing. But um, when I met my, my wife, Kim, um, back in, I guess, 2010, she was, she's also a runner um, and an ultra runner now and, and loved running on trails. And so got me more into running on trails. And, you know, we did a, she's kind of the one that, um, you know, spurred the interest in, Hey, can we go longer than a marathon? And so we, um, ran our first 50 K in, in 2011, um, the Sweetwater 50 K, um, outside of Atlanta, um, and just, you know, had some friends that had run other races there in, in, you know, Virginia. And so, you know, we started to run, you know, mountain mass masochist 50 miler and, um, you know, it's like, well, if, you know, 50 miles, what's, what's next, you know, is, you know, the hundred distance kind of was an intriguing thing to me. And, you know, as you got into the sport, kind of learned a little bit more about Western States and like that, ah, man, what a, you know, the oldest, oldest, uh, hundred miler in the world, like what a, you know, that, that'd be really cool to experience. And, um, so I guess it was 2014 had an opportunity to crew for a friend at Umstead and just being in, that was kind of my first um, exposure to a hundred mile race. Um, and just, you know, the, you know, amazing race that that is and the amazing environment that, you know, the trail running community, the ultra running community um, is just, just got me hooked. Um, and so got into Umstead the following year and that kind of started the seven-year journey of running a qualifier um, every year to try to get to that goal race of, of Western States and, you know, mix in a, a few 50Ks or 50-milers here throughout. But, you know, the 100-mile distance has really kind of been, the, I guess, kind of the – I'll say the main focus over the past seven years, I, I, I don't race a lot, you know, it's maybe one or two races a year, but um, there was always a hundred, hundred in there to get the qualifier and get us to, you know, um, what we experienced, you know, uh, nearly two weeks ago. So, um, and, you know, I think, I think now it, you know, it's like, well, people talk about what's next and I don't have an answer, but it's like, you know, knowing that, the the western goal has been achieved i feel like opens up the the door for maybe other races that aren't qualifiers or maybe more self-curated adventures um 
Uh, we're out here in actually in Silverton right now, have some friends that are doing um, the hard rock loop over four days. And so just being out here and being in big mountains is really inspiring. And I don't know, we'll see where that leads, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. And Tyler, I know you, you've done the, uh, the Mohican 100, you know, that yeah. was my first, yeah, that was my first attempt at the hundred mile distance, which, you know, I only made it, I think like at like 30 something, I okay. hyperextended my ankle. I was going downhill. So my, yeah. you know, like your foot's already bent and I just hit a rock and root or whatever and bam, popped the ankle. So I ended up walking and DNFing at like 52 miles. Man, it's a long, it's a long way to walk with a, a busted up ankle. <laughs> um, and I, I correct me. I, I think that was, I, I think I remember that was back in 2018. I think was, 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 which was the same year that I ran. I think I remember, cause I always look through the rate, you know, the entry list to see who's from Florida or if I know anybody. And, and I think I remember seeing your name. Um, if, um, I think, th- yeah, I think that was 2018. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I had just graduated college. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of my, I, I grew up in the Midwest. So a lot of my hundred milers have been Midwestern races like Mohican, um, Indiana trail, Kettle Moraine, burning river, um, just cause it's an opportunity to get back and, and see, you know, see family. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, some real quality races up there, summertime races. I mean, it gets, it gets super hot in the summer. I remember, um, Mohican was, was quite warm that year. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's hot, but it's not, you know, Florida summer hot. It's not, it's not <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> but yeah, I think like one of the big things, all of you've kind of said, like, you, you know, you either heard about Western States or you watched a movie or, you know, you heard, um, I don't know, you saw like the YouTube videos, but you know, what what made you decide like yeah you know what i'm gonna wait i'm gonna keep putting into this race for six seven years i I think for me it's like you know knowing it was a goal and knowing that it's become such a um you know a a popular event as as joe you know joe mentioned earlier there was like over forty thousand tickets this year um I, I, for me, it was one of those, if, if this is something that I want to do, like I need to, I need to stay in it until, you know, until I get to do it. Um, and so it just kind of became this, um, you know, test of fortitude, uh, to, you know, um, test of, of, of patience, I guess, to, um, really see it through for me. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Tyler there. And, you know, Tyler said something that I'm very, I'm the same as I only get to race a couple times a year, two, three times, maybe a fat. But one of those races was always a ticket, a lottery ticket race. And it took me four years to get in the first time. And uh, like I said, my uh, my one buddy and I were, you know, we I can't even remember where we stumbled upon it. You know, it seems like everybody, re- you know, refers to uh, the movie Unbreakable. And I don't know if that's what it was or what. Uh, we went to GDR thinking, okay, we're going to get in, you know. No, we didn't get in. Bummer. But that's where the journey pretty much began for me. And I said, you know what? I really want to do this. I think it's possible. It could happen one day. Who knows when it'll happen? But um, I just 
you know, you set that goal and you say, this is what I'm going to do every single year. I'm going to have at least one qualifier. So literally, if you look, look at my race list, every, just about every race I did was a qualifier every year. I had at least one and, uh, you know, eventually it did pay off. And, uh, of course, you know, you finish Western, you get a ticket. And I said, well, I might as well see if I can get back. (laughs) And so I did a couple more races that were all Western States qualifiers again, and it worked out again. Well, and I think to to add to that, you know, I, Western is, you know, all the all the media, all the attention, you know, it's the live streams, you know, being able to kind of tune in every year to to see how the race plays out um, is, a, you know, a really unique thing within the sport of ultra running. And so for me, just, you know, watching it, you know, over the past couple of years, really strengthened that desire to want to be able to see what you know see what you see on the screen you know see it in person and, and see things you don't see on the screen i think that was people ask about you know my experience and i you know it was great to come into you know the escarpment or forest hill places that you know you see a lot of you know media of but so cool to see parts of the trail that you know you never see any photos or, or coverage of and, and and really get a sense of you know how it how it's how you get from Olympic Valley to Auburn um, on foot. Yeah. And I think one thing I'm always interested in now, we know one of y'all are having a yard sale. (laughs) How did you guys find out you got in? Yeah, I had a, um, uh, I had a event that I was going to and it was starting like right around the same time as the lottery was starting. And so I just, had the uh i think i had the youtube feed on on my phone had that in my shirt pocket and had my airpod in so i was taking care of business at the same time and and, and still trying to listen so normally we have like a uh we've got a like a lottery party but um i forgot what may was doing she was off somewhere with the kids and um i had something going on so it didn't quite work out that weekend for for the viewing party and zach it's it's funny i i in years past too it's have had a kind of a a party of one or a party of two if, if my wife's around you know sitting watching the live stream tuning in you know wearing you know my buckles from previous events or you know my shirts or all the things that i think will help improve my my chances um you know and, and this year um you know, we had uh, had some, you know, an, an event with friends too. And so we're, um, you know, had kind of, you know, like the, the, I guess the live updates on the, um, from the web that uh, kind of scroll periodically, like have that on my phone, but was just kind of, you know, hanging out. And um, um, all of a sudden I got a text and I saw it was from my brother um, and the little previews, like, am, am, am I allowed to use profanities on this? Joe. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, like, so the preview of my, my brother's text box pops up and it's fuck. Yeah. in all caps with like seven exclamation points. Cause he's kind of gotten into the habit of, of watching the live stream too. And I'm like, Oh man, something just happened. And so yeah, opened the, uh, the text and that was kind of how I, how I found out. So had to step, had to step aside from the, the group gathering for a minute to like, make sure it was real. <laughs> But uh, I think it was, it's, it's funny, again, it, you know, it, it, sometimes it's like when you're doing, you know, you're not really paying attention to the lottery. It's like that's when it happens. 
all the all the years of you know staying glued to the computer screen the one year where i wasn't is the year where it um where the name got drawn so yeah we actually had one year uh i don't know maybe three years ago we we actually went out to auburn to to see the lottery drawing lot oh cool yeah, it, it was a that was a great experience. That was a lot of fun. Um, we didn't really have any other reason to go out there, but we ended up flying out there. I, I think it, I think it was like half superstitious, like in the back of our head, yeah. we're thinking, yeah, yeah. you know, <clears throat> if we're there, it'll happen. You know, yeah. then if you're there live when it's drawn, you know, you get the cool swag and everything. So we're like, yeah, yeah. we're all like pumped up, and yeah. it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually we will be out there again this december though um we <clears throat> excuse me we had a entry to um uh cim so we're gonna nice. that's the, that's the same weekend so we're gonna go out go to the lottery run cim <laughs> and uh hopefully hopefully my wife's ticket will get pulled um so and i i think Joe, you mentioned uh, like last time you ran Western States, you're like, well, I do have this one ticket. <laughs> you got to put in. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've I've got this one ticket. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, I, yeah, it, that, that that may that may cause some marital issues. <laughs> get told that she does not, but <laughs> we'll we'll deal with that if, if need be. Yeah. yeah, cross that bridge if you get there. Right. Yeah. And Joseph, you mentioned, um, you know, like staying the course during this journey. And it's kind of funny. I, I kind of chuckle when you, when you, when you said that, because when I signed up for my first qualifier um, to, you know, I, I had no idea it was going to take six more years <laughs> to get in. Same. So yeah. I think the, I think the process itself is, is good ultra training. I mean, it kind of mirrors the tenacity that you need to get through an ultra. It's like you, you take it one qualifier, one lottery drawing at a time. So you don't get in. Okay. <laughs> Hop on uh, the Western States website, pick a qualifier from the list and yeah. sign yeah. up. So, um, <laughs> you know, if, if I, had, if I had known going into it, like, Hey, you're not going to get in for another six years. I'm like, I, I don't know if I, you know, if I would stay the course or if, if I would, I don't know if I would um, um, have, have started the process because uh, I mean, thinking about that is pretty daunting. I mean, thinking about what you're going to be doing six years from now, but um, step by step, uh, I think it's easy to take in, in small steps. Mm-hmm. I, I love that analogy of the, the lottery being an ultra. I think, you know, I, w- I would say if anybody, you know, that, that listens to this is thinking about do it, like start that process. Um, Cause again, you just, you never know, right? Like people get in with one or one or two tickets and you know, it, it, it took me about three years longer than I, I thought it would. I, I thought I'd, you know, hit it on year four, like, um, like Joe did. And, but you know, it's just, it's, it's totally, I don't know. It's, it's worth the effort to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something, something that's really interesting about that. And I've always thought this too. And like I said, you know, we finished Georgia death race. We put in for the lottery and it's like, oh man, we didn't get it. But I'll tell you, it's, it was probably a blessing in disguise because, you know, Western is one of those races you got to be ready for. And totally. um, yeah. my 2019 yeah. didn't go so well for me. I mean, I was having a lot of issues out there. 
but all the experience that I was able to gain from all these other races that I had done where, you know, the wheels come off and you got to, you know, got to get the car back up and running and, you know, just keep moving forward and that sort of thing. It really taught me a lot, especially, uh, you know, uh, being mentally strong through it all, because like I said, my 2019 race really didn't go very well. And, you know, my crew was wondering, I don't know, is Joe going to, you know, DNF this one? And I mean, you know, they, they hung in there, they were fantastic. And, um, you know, I really learned a lot those years leading up to the first time at Western. And then of course I learned a lot doing the race, you know, what you're, uh, what you're really capable of doing. You know, you just keep pushing totally. forward. Totally. Yeah, after after experiencing Western States and experiencing the course, um, I, I came to that same realization. I'm like, you know, somebody who runs like one of the easy qualifiers off the yeah. list, you know, and, and, then, and then boom, they get picked and they're headed out to, to run Western States. I'm like, I, I just don't, like I'm, I'm glad I was not in that position. You know, I will gladly take all the experience that I've gained um, and all, all all that knowledge because I I think it's got to be very helpful in, in getting me you know to that finish line. Definitely, and you know, it, we always had a running running joke for me because a lot of again my mid you know the hundred mile distance is not easy no matter where you do it, but you know things obviously like elevation and you know altitude obviously. I think what what you guys both said that, you know, the uh, uh, experience that you accumulate just by, you know, running, you know, having to stay in the lottery and go year after year was um, just a tremendous, um, you know, benefit to, you know, when you get to that day and, and have a course that's as challenging as Western, you, you know, you know what to, to do to fuel and keep yourself motivated and, you know, your crew does as well so yeah because that's a big thing with just either having the experience as well as the training you know kind of with the experience too is you know did you have a game plan for western states this year um who wants to go first on that one (laughs) (laughs) Um, i guess i'll i'll start i i don't know i mean i think my game my game plan was uh don't do any well a couple things one you know run run a race that allows you to finish i mean i you know if i'm being honest had a had a goal of trying to get you know earn a silver buckle um but i just knew coming into the race that you know probably what it might take to achieve that might send me in the opposite direction um and so as as the race as the day went along and you're kind of like looking at how things are going um, kind of, you know, knew that I wanted to be able to shift to just, you know, feel good late and have a, you know, get, get to finish. That was kind of, for me, the ultimate goal. And, um, that I think was just, uh, you know, the strategy was, you know, kind of run, you know, run the flats and downs, hike the, hike the ups, stay on, stay on nutrition and just do the things that had worked for me. And, you know, my previous, you know, my previous hundred milers, um, and, you know, just try to kind of, you know, not, you know, not get too, um, you know, uh, just kind of stay even, you know, pretty kind of even keel and not, you know, get too excited or too down and just, you know, let the day be what it was kind of a, kind of a boring answer, but that was, (laughs) that was my, uh, 
yeah, the plan going in is just do what do what we needed to do to make sure we got to the track. Yeah, just ride the lightning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, as far as far as goals, I guess I'll I'll take it next. So, uh, like I said, twenty nineteen. You know, I got to finish, and you know, oh, thank God, I was grateful. You know, it's, uh, I, I think I finished with like 18 minutes to spare. Uh, and it's really funny because at the tail end of the race is when I was even more laser focused, and I realized how close I was cutting this thing. And, uh, you know, we got through it, and, um, you know, I was happy to get the buckle, happy to, you know, for all my friends and the crew. And I had a bunch of people, my family were out there. I had about five friends fly out uh, from Florida you know, to join me. I mean, it was great. So uh, to get to finished and, you know, just mean a lot to me, but well, it meant a lot to me personally, but, you know, as uh, finishing for the group meant so much more, really. And then I always said, you know, I got that one ticket now and uh, I really want to get back. Um, I never thought I'd get back like I did that quickly. So, of course, the goal then is, hey, you got one buckle, uh, let's go get the silver one, right? And um, so that was the plan. Uh, the training started out great. And then I had a little hiccup that took me out of running for about four weeks. And that wasn't good. But I did a lot of cross training and everything else I could possibly do just to keep in shape, um, you know, getting on the bike a little bit, uh, hitting the weights. Um, and then um, I had the opportunity to go out to Cocodona 250 to uh, crew one of my friends out there. And that was about, I think it was about six weeks prior to uh, Western. So it was an opportunity to, I had a shin injury to test out the shin. And, you know, now it's time to find out what's going to happen because now I got this decision to make, you know, do I go to Western or don't I? And it uh, went really well. I managed to get about 70 miles in a few days, and uh, it was fantastic. And uh, that race was amazing as well. And so, you know, goals shifted because I realized 24 hours was going to be a long shot. And then, uh, then the goal shifts to, okay, I could possibly finish. And then I start thinking, well, I wanted 24. Do I go? But it's Western, so... My son, he plays basketball, and I talk to him all the time about, you know, having a good attitude, getting out there, doing your best. It doesn't matter as long as, you know, you're out there doing your best and you're having fun. That's all that matters. And had a discussion with him on our way home one day. I said, well, son, I haven't gotten the plane tickets yet. And he's 15. And I said, well, I got a decision to make. And, you know, he just looks at me. He's like, Dad, you just need to go, you know, go out there and do your best. That's what you always tell me. <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> I said, son, <laughs> yes, you're right. You know, and uh, I, he was there with me in 2019 and it meant a lot. And I said, you're right, son, you know, 100%. So um, I got through Cocodona and then I just literally eased back in the running for about the six weeks that I had. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a lot of miles. But, um, you know, I felt like I, you know, I felt like I could get this done. And so the goal went from obviously the 24 to saying, you know what, I think we can finish this. Who knows if I'll ever get a chance again. I got to go. No matter what, I got to go. And, you know, I'm glad I did. It was, it was the right choice. It was the right choice. And, um, but that, that's kind of an example of how, you know, sometimes I guess uh, goal, goals can shift for races as well. Yeah, well, I guess for me, um, you know, going out there, or, or I guess leading up, um, I think my training went pretty well. Uh, we had, uh, man, I both ran a 50 miler back in May that went really well. So um, I was feeling good um, going out to Western States. And of course I was like all pumped that 
just having the opportunity to go out there. But um, yeah, sure. I had the, I had, you know, sights on the silver buckle and you know, a lot of times people have like a plan A and a plan B and a plan C and, you know, D, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I really, I had my, I had my A goal, uh, which is a silver buckle. And then after that, I always kind of have a, a, a default of I'm going to finish. Yep. And um, that was, that was really it. So I went out there um, just uh May and I, we both flew out there, left the kids at home. Originally, we were going to uh, have it be like a family trip and bring all the kids out there. And, um, you know, May was going to have to watch the kids and I was going to run. And we, we finally had a little talk. We're like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so um, we settled on uh, just us going out there, leaving everyone at home. Um, you know, we have no crew or anything like that. And that's typically how we run our races anyway. We, typically don't have a crew uh typically don't have pacers although and this um may paced me from uh, uh well the force hill to the end um so that was that was nice but um the 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 plan was um just to go out there and execute a good race and like even though i had you know did not get the silver and i, I um I attribute that just to being undertrained for the conditions out there, uh, which we can talk about later, I'm sure. But, um, you know, I, I feel really good about, uh, especially the first half of the race, um, about how well I, for, for myself, how well I feel that I executed everything. I was, you know, really proud of myself for keeping my nutrition on, and uh, just keeping a good attitude during the race and putting out constant effort during the race. And um, so in all, I mean, I'm just, again, I'm kind of basking in that, that post Western States glow, but um, yeah. you know, I just, I just, I feel really good about the experience and it's, it's yeah, nice finishing something up and, and having that feeling. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's definitely one race that lives up to all the hype. I mean, it is unbelievable, you know, just the crew or the um, the volunteers and how they make you feel and the food. And I mean, it is just yeah. on and on and the finish line. I mean, yeah, you, you'll uh, you, you'll you'll be thinking about that for weeks and months and years and probably a lifetime. <laughs> yeah and zach it's funny how you mentioned the conditions there i definitely have a question about that <laughs> so, obviously before we talk about you know how the miles went down you know i was curious because i heard all about like the snow and the slosh and uh that burnt out tree section you know what were the trails like out there and so snow um i mean <laughs> this was um this is about the first time I've ever run in real snow. I mean, I, I run up in North Carolina a lot, so we get like a little bit of of dusting up there. But I mean, this was like this is serious snow. <laughs> I mean, the, what was it? The first twenty miles, I would say, was um, was pretty. Well, the first ten, yeah, were, were solid snow, and then after that, there was like patchy snow from yeah. like ten to twenty. Um, I was. 
I don't know. It was um, the the snow kind of took me by surprise, but that was that was again one of those areas where um, I just I, I felt like I executed really well. Um, it was so much fun running through the yeah. snow. I mean, I, I just had a blast, like um, sliding down the hills, and, <laughs> yeah, uh, trying not to fall into the tree wells. <laughs> um, yeah, that that part was great. I thought. And, you know, I think to add, add to that, Zach, it's like it was such a, a, especially coming from Florida, you know, such a unique experience, right? I mean, we, unless we, we travel, you don't ever have an opportunity to, to do that as part of our training. And so, you know, to have that on race day was certainly a challenge, but like what a, just a fun, unique aspect of, of this year's race um and to yeah, be able to slide slide down on your your, your butt in a few places and have to kind of yeah tippy toe to try to stay out of the tree wells and all the all the parts of it it was just yeah really made for a um i think joyous is how i would describe it kind of first you know 20 miles because it was just such a unique you know you try i know for myself it's like you kind of start it's like oh man this you know it's you know you're working your legs in ways that are probably going to affect you later on but just try to live in the moment of what a rad experience to you know have have that as part of 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 the trails this year yeah yeah no doubt that was uh that was a lot of fun and i i don't know about you guys uh tyler and zach but i'll tell you i like i watch people i said okay let's see how this person's gonna handle this (laughs) (laughs) what are they gonna do here oh that's a good idea see i wouldn't have thought about that had i not you know been following this person but yeah the sliding and all that and there was a lot of there's definitely a lot of snow and uh i know um 2019 they had a lot of snow that year and they advertised that uh, but I guess this year was even more. So I kind of had a feeling of what I was getting getting into. But, uh, you know, coming from Florida and not running in snow at all, uh, you know, it's you just go, you wing it, you know, you figure it out, uh, you know, while you're there. Uh, it's kind of funny. I stopped and visited one of my friends yesterday and, uh, you know, he was asking me, he's like, well, how did the snow go? And da da da. he's like, because I know, you know, you run these trails. I'm probably one of the last that actually wears road shoes on the trails. Um, and, uh, I said, you know what, man, I wore the exact same shoes in Arizona for Cocodona and we had to go through a lot of snow and I was mm. actually going up a mountain. I was, I told myself I was actually sticking. So it was great. And, uh, you know, I had a decision to make between these two pairs, an actual pair of trail shoes that were gifted to me or my road shoes. I said, you know, I'm going with what I know. And they were great. I had no issues. But, uh, yeah, that snow was fun. I felt like, uh, you know, a 12-year-old kid uh, sliding <laughs> yeah. down the hills. I'm from Bel- I'm from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, we used to have a lot of fun playing in the snow back then. It kind of took me back there. Yeah, it was, it was, de- it was definitely a treat, I thought. Uh, yeah. um, but cer- certainly expended a little bit more energy. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting through yeah. the snow. Than that was a tough 50K for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I think you know for as, as as being out there for the first time just despite the snow like grateful that we got to run the the actual course and didn't have to do a, a snow reroute because i know that there was some talk about you know the potential for that given given the conditions and so you know just happy to have had the experience of of getting to be on the course even if even if you couldn't see where it went some of the time because it was buried under you know, all the white stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of comical. I mean, there's uh, some little switchback areas um, that we had to run on that were 
you know, kind of barely marked by a little, you know, yellow flag here and there. Yeah. You couldn't tell at all where the where the trail itself yeah. was because you're you're running on three feet of packed snow. Yeah, so yeah. in some of those areas, they had like what pink chalk or something thrown down. And- yeah, pink flower. I think yeah, it was. Is yeah, that what that was. Yeah, I think so. Looks like chalk, but yeah. I think I think you know we all get when you run a trail, you kind of get a visual of where the route goes, and it's just like if you don't see a pink flag or you know, one of the pink arrows, it's like, it was impossible to, to tell in some places, like, mm-hmm. am I supposed to turn? Am I supposed to keep going straight? Like, definitely. I know myself and folks around me a couple of times had to like, you know, backtrack. Cause it's like, Nope, it went, it yeah. went left or it went right. So. Oh, same here. We, we, you know, I as well had, uh, had that happen a couple of times, but luckily, you know, you're with people and somebody yeah. catches it pretty quick and next thing you know, yeah. you're back on track, but yeah. <laughs> Someone's got the CalTopo app, or someone's got the GPX file, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. well, it's interesting. I, I've got a newer. Uh, I replaced my Garmin. I don't know a couple months ago, and so on this new one, I can load the GPS, the GPX uh, track on here, and if I get off course, it'll kind of beep and tell me that I'm off course, and that works surprisingly well. Um, I used it uh, the first time for that 50 miler I did um, uh, highball to Thurman back in May, and I mean I I get step you know three steps off the course for a pit stop and it would tell me you're off course. I mean it was that accurate. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah. So coming into the race for y'all, you know, what was it like traveling traveling out to the Olympic Valley? You know, getting that race bib. Getting out there for us was uh, was great. We um, we left Jacksonville um, about one o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday. Um, had just a, a two hop flight out there, and um, I had some uh, some airline points to use. So we had the privilege of uh, flying first class out there, nice. uh, which which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It was, it was great. We, we were like taking pictures of our food and sending it, sending it to our kids. And they're they like all excited that we got a, a meal with like actual, you know, metal fork and knife and stuff on the, on the airplane. Wow. Um, <laughs> but so we had a, we had a nice comfortable flight out there, uh, flew into Sacramento and um, got a rental car and got into uh, Olympic Valley, I guess Thursday night around, uh, 10 p.m. local time, 10, 11, something like that, uh, which we were, we were beat, obviously, um, just with the time change. But um, it was nice getting out there on Thursday. We had, like, all day Friday to get our registration done and everything. So um, that was that was perfect. Yeah, I guess so. I, uh, we flew out of uh, – where we fly out of? Orlando. And, you know, I said, I'm getting a direct flight. I do not want to take two planes. So uh, we flew out on Thursday – Got there nice and early, ran around San Francisco a little bit, um, eventually made our way to Auburn. And, uh, yeah, it was smooth. I, I didn't get the silver fork treatment or anything like that. <laughs> I may have gotten, like, a, a small oh, – oh, yeah, we got, like, these little tiny cookies. And when I say little, I swear they were – it was one. I can't even remember what it was, some chocolate, <laughs> something or other, about the size of a quarter. So that's a, that's a – that was my dinner on the plane or my breakfast, I guess, because we left out early. But, uh, you know, San Francisco is a fun place to check out. And we spent a few hours there uh, actually waiting on one of our friends. And I felt so bad because their plane was delayed 
Mm-hmm. They were supposed to come in Thursday, and then we'd shoot to Auburn out of San Francisco, and then you know all hang out Friday. And unfortunately, they didn't. They didn't get until like Friday night. But uh, they were troopers, and they still made it. They were flying out of Arizona, uh, Phoenix, and I'm thinking, how how in the world could a flight go that bad, being that close? But <laughs> you know, you would expect something like out of Florida, you would think, or something. But it, it did. But it all worked out. Um, yeah, but nothing nothing too exciting, you know, as far as the flight, just uh, standard, you know, out of Orlando, direct to San Fran. And, you know, the the drive was great, though. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was it's always a nice little drive. And, and for me, uh, our travel plans were uh, quite a bit more discombobulated than um, than Zach and Joe. Joe had we um, my wife and I had actually earlier in the spring had built out a sprinter van and had kind of hit the road and we're, we're traveling west um, and we're going to try to make it to uh, Western States training camp weekend um, and then we're planning to be like in the Tahoe area just for the month and you know be able to you know just be out there and um, life got in the way we got in an accident um, that um, in total the van um, uh, fortunately, everybody was was okay, um, but uh, you know had to kind of shift shift our plans and um, ended up um, going to Colorado Springs um, for about a, uh, for the I guess the few weeks prior um, to the race, staying with some good friends there. Um, and so we had driven from Colorado Springs out to um, out to Auburn the weekend before um, got in on Sunday just to kind of make sure we got there give us some time to just like kind of settle in and um, get out and do a couple of runs on the course. And um, Kim, Kim, my wife did most of that scouting. I'm, I'm still working, working full time. So spent most of most of my week in the hotel room. Um, but yeah, I just kind of got out out there, enjoyed seeing a little bit of Auburn before the race um, and then traveled from Auburn to the Tahoe area um, on Thursday and got checked into our vacation rental that was there in kind of the Truckee area. And my parents and brother um, flew out, had some other friends joining us that were, you know, were crewing for the weekend. And so everybody kind of got in there Thursday and yeah, Friday was a full day of, you know, picking up the packets and going to the meeting and being there in the village. And I mean, what a, what a blast that was to just, you know, the, the, you know, the amount of energy that, you know, an anxiety, I think that, you know, was there, but just getting to stand in line and, you know, walk through and get your photo taken. And that you just, it was like, almost like Halloween where you hold out like your swag bag and I just dropped all of this, all of these amazing, yeah. All of these amazing, (laughs) just, you know, goodies, um, into your bag, like very much like ultra runner trick or treating. And, you know, <laughs> that, was the, you, that was the best packet pick of it. Oh, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> yes. It was, I mean, and just, it, it ran like, I mean, I, you know, I know the line was a little bit long, but just seemed like it ran, you know, sm- I mean, real smooth. And yeah, just amazing. Yeah. And it's like, you get that, get that backpack full of all the, all the stuff. And it's like, oh man, it's just like, Definitely, the heartbeat definitely went up a few minutes, you know, a few beats per minute from that point, just because it's like this is, this is real, and just you know, walking around, seeing seeing pro athletes, seeing the start line, looking up and seeing the start of the climb, you know, it just was a, you know, amazing. So, hey, uh, Zach or Tyler, did you guys pick up any bonus miles on the what is it called, the Hoka Uphill Challenge, no. or what is that? No. 
No. No. Oh, did no. you? No. no, 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 no. Okay. My my brother and, and wife my brother and wife ran and my brother was sending me videos of like all the snow patches from like some course recon, but no, nah, we uh I'm like there's I, I don't need four more miles on my body at uh yeah. especially you know, uphill miles. <laughs> yeah, May ran that, but uh no, I did not. The Friday around there, like there's just so much of a there's just a buzz going around. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's so much going on uh, with pick up, pack a pickup, and everywhere you look, it's like somebody that you recognize. Yeah. You know, whether or not whether or not you even know their name, you're like, who is that? I'm like, you know that my person. Phone, like, yeah. yeah, like googling names. Like, nope, nope, it's not him, not him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, so I, I I don't know how many steps I put in, but I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> I got plenty of exercise on Friday, like walking back and forth. Yeah, I walked a lot too. <laughs> Come to think of it, but yeah, that, fr- Friday before Western is definitely goes against all of the, uh, you know, the advice of staying off your feet. You know, the day yeah. before because it's like a lot of a lot of walking to to do all of that, but so worth it. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, and obviously, you know, the day before ends, and then all of a sudden, like holy cow! It, it's race day. Like it, it this yeah. is actually going to happen. You know, you're all lined up at the starting line. Thorley gives this little speech and you know, what's it actually like at the starting line of the Western States? You know, I was surprisingly not all not nervous or anything. I mean, even even the night before, um, I slept really well, which is odd for me before a race. Um <laughs> I went to bed and I, I think part of it um, had to do with being on the West Coast and the time change. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we, we went to bed early and I slept well. I felt like I slept um, through the night and got up and started getting ready. And, you know, there's there's a little bit of nervous energy, but I didn't I didn't have as much as I normally did. I, I have no idea why. Um, but e- even even standing around the start line, you know, I, I was not apprehensive of the race, um, at, at not nearly as much as I have been on other uh, long ultras. Um, you know, s- sometimes I, I kind of equate it to um, like going to bed the night before, like a hundred mile, or I kind of equate it to, uh, this is really morbid, but like somebody being on death row and like having their, 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 their last meal, you know, uh, you're like, you know, what's coming. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I was I, personally, I felt as relaxed as I could have been, um, at the start. Cause I, I just, I felt like I was in a good headspace. I had a good plan going on. Um, I, I knew I was going to execute my plan as well as I could. And so, I don't know. It was uh, maybe because it was Western States. I, I don't know. It was uh, a unique experience and unique feelings for me. Though. And I, I, would, I, I guess I'll go next as, as, the, other, as the other newbie of, of the group. And then, and then Joe can uh, provide his veteran, veteran experience. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's... I think just all the buildup, like the previous couple days, like, you know, being in the, the space, like, you know, that's, you know, you don't normally spend that kind of amount of time um, in, in the space where you're going to be starting. And so for me, I think it, and kind of much like Zach had an opportunity to kind of work out some of those nerves. And so, 
you know, the alarm went off early, but uh, that's, it always does. And just, you know, did kind of got ready and got to the start and was really just kind of try to not be, yeah, overly, overly anxious. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people around crews and, and family and just, you know, runners and lots of drones in the air. I can, I mean, I remember all like all the buzzing from all the, you know, all the drones and, and, and whatnot going on there, but um, just like, remember getting into the corral, kind of doing a 360 to just, again, take it all in and just like be grateful for, for that moment. Um, and, you know, watch the clock count down. And I think you could sense, you know, people had their phones out and it's just, it was a, it was a big deal. And it was just really neat to be a part of that. And as the clock counts down, kind of just went through the little normal pre-race pump, you know, pump up talk I give myself and, you know, it's like right before the clock goes off, it's like, we're going to, we're going to do this. Like, this is what we came to do. Like, this is the moment we've been waiting for. So just go and be present, be grateful and just make it, make it a great day. Um, yeah, Tyler, so, you, mentioned how, you mentioned that gratitude there. And I, I think that may have been, um, you know, one of the, the, things that kind of calmed me was mm-hmm. I was um, very cognizant of the gratitude that I had for the opportunity to be there. And uh, sure. I kept that, w- kept that with me throughout the day and reflected on that. And that was a, that was a big theme for me. For sure. So, and I think, you know, it just, uh, for me, like with all the other hundred, you know, the hundreds that I've done, it's always, it's kind of been the lead up. And so it's like, you need, you have the goals, you need to get the finish or whatever the, the qualifying race is. There's always like this next thing, you know, where you need the race to go, you know, a way that allows you to continue that, that journey. And so I think being on the start line of, of that, it's like, that's the, that was the thing that all of, you know, this previously had had built up to. And so at that point, it's like, this is the, they always say the races, you know, the celebration for all the months of training. And it just felt like being on that start line was the celebration of, you know, what had been a multi-year journey to, to get to that point. And so um, I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So uh, that night before, actually, I slept pretty well. I think I woke up once and, uh, you know, when, then time to get up, get ready. You know, of course, got everything laid out, ready to go. Um, and we, we stayed out a little way. So we're about 25 minutes or so uh, from the start, which was fine. You know, it was just kind of nice to take that drive in um, from uh, North Lake Tahoe and, you know, just really chill, just kind of, you know, collecting my thoughts. We're chit-chatting and, you know, it's going to be a great day and everybody's pumped up. Everybody's excited. Of course, you know, we get to the starting line, they got breakfast. So first thing I do, I got to have some coffee, <laughs> get a bowl of oatmeal. I said, okay, this is a good way to start the day. I'm, I, I could deal with this. And, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, you make it to the corral and, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work to get you know, to that starting line. But, uh, you know, it's like reality really kicks in when you're standing there. You're like, you know, all those years of hard work and dedication to this sport and, you know, uh, the lack of sleep sometimes because you got to wake up early to do a workout or you don't feel like it because you're hurting, but you push yourself through, you know, you realize it's all worth it. You know, it's really worth it in the end when you're standing there. And um, I think like Tyler said, you know, it's a big deal. Everybody's got their phones out and everything. And it, it is a big deal. 
And, uh, you know, I just sit there and I, I take it all in. Um, you know, I'm thankful. I'm so grateful. And, uh, you know, my I think my theme and my thought process through this whole thing since uh, getting picked back in December is like, you know, I can't believe I'm in again. I would be on my training run saying that. I just can't believe it. I still couldn't believe it. And there I am finally standing at the start line saying, I still can't believe I'm here right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's the coolest thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's um, it's one of those things. It's such a gift. You know, you, you can't take it for granted because, you, you know, the next day you may never run again. Who knows? You know, mm -hmm. God forbid. But, um, you, you know, you take it in, you enjoy it, and you go out and you do the best. You know, like my son said, Dad, you just got to go out there and do the best you can. You know, the goal was 24, but I knew it was a tall order. So I'm just going to go do the best I can. And whatever happens, happens. And, um, yeah. you know, it turned out to be a great day for me, all things considered. I mean, I had fun. Friends had fun, uh, but that starting line is definitely something else. It really, it's a great feeling being there. And just uh, I kind of wrap that up too. I think, you know, coming to the start line, you know, you've got, you know, your crew, your family, it's, you know, it, I, for me, it's like my family's been at all of my ultras. And so this wasn't just a goal of mine. This was a, you know, a goal of theirs. And so to just be there and, and give them that big hug before, you know, before you get into the corral is just, I think, one of the one of the highlights of the, of the day because it's just something we've all kind of thought about, worked towards, and, and to be able to share that with them and to be able to say, like, we're here, let's go, um, was just a really – yeah, I, I think that just, it's like, we're, we've got this, we're, you know, we're here, we're gonna, um, you know, this is, this is, this is what we worked for. And so to be, be able to be there with them and, and share it and, you know, friends and just was a really, yeah, um, moment of, moment of gratitude, I think is the. Okay. I, I, there was like se there was like seven minutes to go on the clock, and I, I had to find a bathroom. So I'm sure that gave them a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of anxiety. But I'm like, it'll be fine. Like, so fortunately, I was able to find one in the little you know the building that they had kind of off to the side there down the stairs, and got up and got in, and yeah, just I don't know, really really awesome to share that with them. <laughs> I, I think the difference. I mean, the reason why this is such a momentous. Um, moment, momentous, yeah, <laughs> momentous. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> feeling like standing there at the start line is everything that had to go into getting yourself there, and like like you said, Teller, everything that all the other sacrifices everyone else had to make, and you know, mm -hmm. it is it is one thing to sign up for a race and do the training because uh, I mean that's that certainly takes a huge commitment and you know from yourself and from your family. Um, for a single race, but you know, you multiply that by four or six and everything that, I mean, you didn't just have to sign up for this race. I mean, you had to complete all these other races too, just to get yeah. the opportunity to be there. So yeah. I think it, I think it places that much more weight on it and that much more significance. Just to kind of take that back to one of the previous conversations, I think with the game plan for me throughout the day is like all these people are here as part of this experience. It's like, don't do anything that like basically like messes it up for the team. Like if the runner's having a good experience, the crew typically has a good experience or a good day. And so just try to focus on having a good day as the runner so that the, the crew that's there for you, um, that's been there for all of these, you know, has a good day as well.
And and that's interesting you say that, piggybacking on that is, you know, running can be a very, you know, individual sport, selfish sport. But then there's that moment, you know, when you're in those hundreds or big races when you got the crew and and then it becomes like a team sport. 100%. Uh, You know, and it's really interesting how that works, that dynamic. And I absolutely love it, you know. And yeah. and you guys could probably attest to this. You know, you come into those aid stations, you're like, okay, I'm going to get to see my crew here. Yes. You know, you're all pumped up, ready to see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get to pick up a pacer. Oh, yes, here we go. Here we go. You know, it's it's amazing yeah. how that those are, works. Those are always here. highlights of yeah. yeah. Those are always highlights of any any race for me is those those aid stations where you get to to see your crew. You get to pick up a pacer. You know, I think Western, you know, because of some of the the challenges with the course and the rain and the weather they'd had. You know, there was two crew accessible aid stations that didn't have crew this year, and so you know we had to go to Robinson Flat Mile Thirty before you got to see your people. Um, and, you know, and from there it was another, you know, what, 25 to, to Michigan yep. bluff. Um, and so it just, it felt like throughout the day, it was like a long time to like not see, you know, your team. Um, and, and the volunteers were all amazing, you know, and the, you know, the, I mean, the trail running community, all the runners, everybody's super supportive, but there's just, it's hard to, hard to beat seeing your, seeing your people. Yeah. Um, so absolutely yeah and speaking of the aid stations you know obviously the you know the race kicks off and um you know you hit those first early miles and you know you've got that big climate descent to lion ridge you know it's mm-hmm. only like 10 miles into the race but you know how'd those first 10 miles go you know i for me i was just so caught up in the energy i mean 10 miles flew by quick it, it went yeah. pretty fast for me you know, and obviously it's just getting to the top. That, that's the thing, you know, you're like, I'm almost there. But, uh, yeah, 10 miles, that first 10 went really quick. I was surprised. I, I wasn't even sure if it was really 10 miles. That's how fast it felt like it went to me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I remember and, looking at my watch and seeing how much time it ticked by by the time we got to 10 miles. Like, it, it didn't seem like we had been out there, but, like, 30 minutes or something. Yeah. That was just it enjoying um this you know going up the escarpment turning around and looking back down to the valley i mean that was like the most beautiful start to a race that i've personally ever had yeah um just seeing the the sun coming up and seeing the fog settled in the valley and the little (laughs) river winding through it i mean it was picturesque yeah i was just enjoying the view um there wasn't uh you know going up the escarpment there there really wasn't anywhere to go i mean it was pretty much a conga line going all the way up yeah um and so you know i I really wasn't thinking about the effort or anything like that um obviously it took some effort to get up that long climb but you know it wasn't wasn't really anything that that popped into my head and and yeah getting to mile 10 uh, the first aid station i i kind of had the same feeling like oh wow we're here already Hey, did yeah. either did either of you guys grab a donut from that guy? Uh, no, I donut? no, I no. I saw that guy, and I'm like, there is no so way. It's, Zach and I were kind of together at that point, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? That looked pretty good. I jumped back there and I grabbed one, and everybody <laughs> nice. started cheering. It was so funny, awesome, <laughs> and that nice. was delicious. <laughs> I, I I regretted I regretted my decision of not not grabbing one. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. But that was awesome that he had, you know, hauled that box up there. <laughs> no doubt. You should have heard him erupt when I took a donut. Everybody oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think to me that like the escarpment. I'm I'm not raced in in Europe, but it, the the vibe that was up there reminds me of something that you see when you know videos where it's like I mean, there's barely enough room for the runners to get yeah. through because the crowds on both sides and they're just. They're just going nuts. Like the energy up top of there was just out of this world. Yeah, it was um, great. Yeah, and great. so, and then you drop over the top there, and you have this, you know, this massive view of just kind of the, you know, the, the Granite Chief Wilderness, and it kind of starts drops like, oh my gosh, like here we go. But yeah, that first ten miles was was gone in a blink. And again, just uh, get fun, to, you know, with the snow and you know the the, the groups of people that were there. I was just. Uh, I say for me, I think it was about two and a half hours to that to that ten mile aid station, but it, it didn't feel like it had been been that long at all. The things things for me got a little bit more real from from uh, from Red Star up there to Lion Ridge. It, it started to you know be a little bit more kind of technical and climbing and yeah, that single track um, after you get uh, after you top um, get up the escarpment and then go down the other side and you drop into that into the wilderness into uh, that that single track I and mean, that. That I thought was a lot of fun. That was uh, some some great downhill running there. Yeah, because I was going to say, after Lion Ridge, you've got Red Star, Duncan Canyon, and then obviously you make it to the Robinson Flat Aid Station around 30 or so miles in. You know, how did those miles go? Because that's such a crucial part of this race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that first... So I, if, I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joe. No, after okay. you, Joe. All right. Uh, for me, that first 50K went pretty well, you know, and uh, compared to – so the first time, you know, I'm basically judging this on my first time, on my last time. And when I hit 30 miles uh, the first time I did it, my quads were just completely blown. And uh, I remember walking in there thinking, you know, this is my dream race, and I don't know how this is going to unfold right now. Um you know, a backstory, my son plays travel basketball and we were gone for a lot of weekends and it was just very difficult to get any, you know, real good training in. Um, but this time I come in and it was just like a whole different ball game. I mean, I felt great. I felt really good, really solid. Uh, you know, you get to see the crew. Uh, that 30, it wasn't a fast one. I think I got in just under eight hours, they said. I can't remember, maybe 745 or something. Uh, but I, you know, getting in there, I felt really good. So I, I was very happy for me. I was very happy at that point. So I, I so you said, I think you felt you, I, I felt good earlier. So why don't you take it? Cause I, I have an opposite direction to take that. So, yeah. Um, you know, getting through, uh, Lion Ridge and Red Star, um, I think right around Red Star area. Um, I was, my, my legs were feeling, I'm not, I don't want to say tired, um, but I could feel that I had been putting out some effort. Um, but I, I was still in a great mood and uh, still real positive. So, you know, everything from Lion Ridge, Red Star, um, down into uh, down into Duncan and, you know, doing that climb up to Robinson. Um, I mean, I, I felt great that whole time. Um, and you know getting to robinson was was kind of a milestone for me because that's i think around 30 or so and so in my head you know i like to break things down you know like my i 
mentioned earlier, like I typically, you know, I'll, I'll break a uh, hundred miler down into like four marathons. Well, this one, um, I was looking forward to picking up my pacer, which is my wife, May, at um, at 62 in Forest Hill. So um, hitting Robinson was nice because that was about the that was about the halfway point. Um, so that gave me kind of something to like you mentioned, Tyler, you know, you like seeing your crew like, you know, yeah. um, that gave me something to look forward to. Like I, I could I could say, OK, I'm, I'm halfway there. I've only got another you know, 30 miles to go until I can pick up May. So um, even if I was starting to get a little fatigued um, mentally, I was in, in just a great spot uh, by that point. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, felt great through um, physically and mentally through Duncan Canyon. Um, again, just kind of trying to take it steady. Um, something, Something for me, kind of as we as you descend out of Duncan Canyon and down to the to this uh, the the river crossing there, the stream crossing, um, I just mentally started to kind of hit a low spot. Um, just kind of my first low spot of the day, and, and mile mile thirty is for me in a hundred. It's usually kind of where that first low spot typically falls. Um, but just, you know, so going, you know, kind of going down, it's like physically still felt good, but just, you know, at that point, you know, had been in on the move for, I don't know, six hours or so. And it just, you know, was starting to wear on me mentally. And so, um, took a minute there in the Creek to try to, you know, get myself, you know, cooled off with, uh, you know, the stream water and, you know, it was neat to be able to go across on a rope there since we had to go across rocky and boats, um, kind of yeah, got the best way, of both way, worlds. Sounds like waist deep there. Yeah. Um, it felt really good and just, but you know, that climb out of the, the river up to Robinson, you know, for me just felt really, really hot. I felt like I was in a really kind of just, um, again, low energy spot. Didn't feel like I was kind of hiking with the the purpose that I like to try to hike with. And so got to Robinson really feeling just kind of, uh, um, I don't want to say defeated, but just, um, yeah, I'll say defeated. Cause you know, at that point it's still a long day ahead and um, to, you know, not be, to have kind of, I maybe lost, maybe lost some of those, you know, that gratitude, lost some of that present, uh, kind of trying to stay in the moment, um, you know, just kind of put me in a low spot, but it was great to see the crew at Robinson was able to, you know, sit down and got ice in my arm sleeves, got my ice bandana, did, did the things that I, you know, wanted to do to try to cool down, put my music on. Um, it was able to eat some real, some real food and, um, and have some ginger beer, which are all things that always really work well for me. And so definitely, you know, there at Robinson kind of got a little bit of a recharge and, you know, felt better leaving than I did coming in, which is what you always want at aid stations. So, yeah, that was kind of a tough stretch, like from uh, Duncan to Robinson, because it's um, it's noticeably drier and noticeably warmer. Mm-hmm, definitely get there. Yeah, and there there was a few um, on the way down the, into the canyon. There's a few little um, snow melt streams, and I remember I'd stop at each one of those and splash the cold yeah. water on my arms and on my head, yeah. try to stay cool. Um, but yeah, going across the river crossing down there felt. I, I thought it felt great. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. 
I think that for me, that's kind of it's like that's where like the, the day kind of got real. It's like okay, like you know, we've had yeah. a good start. Like, um, you know, we're still having fun, but it's like all right, need to you know focus on doing the things to you know continue to move forward well. So um, was definitely a reality check there at uh, at Robinson Flat for me. Yeah, because going forward into like the next twenty six or twenty six ish or so miles, you know. After Robinson Flat, you've got um, you got Miller's defeat, Dusty Corners, Last Chance, Devil Thumbs, El El Dorado Creek, and then finally, finally, you make it to Michigan Bluff at like fifty five or fifty six miles. You know um, how those miles go coming into Michigan Bluff? Well, I'll, I guess I'll start since I went last t- last time. <laughs> um, but I would say that for me, coming out of Robinson, like in through Miller's defeat, Dusty Corners, and Last Chance, that section to me felt really, really nice, runnable. It's a, a good amount of downhill, um, and you know, I've I, I really you know perked up through there. It's like okay, like you know, moving well, and you know, know you're starting to come to kind of what I consider to be the crux of of the course because from Last Chance, there's really you know it's a steep technical down switch back downhill into a um i guess was that swinging bridge um and you cross that and yeah. then have to go up, up go up devil's thumb and you know felt great up through up through about then and then that climb up to devil's thumb again just put me back in like a deep kind of a deep low low spot again just Kind of like I, I said, going into Robinson, like the, the climb up the up the thumb there, just it's like a mile and a half. Um, it just I felt like it kicked my butt, um, and you know, just kind of would you know, kind of trudge up it. It's like, well, you got it, you got to get up it, like, um, but just again, wasn't in a great headspace. Um, and the volunteers were there, the great, you know, got got everything re-iced and. Um, continued on and you know down you know the downhill into to El Dorado felt felt better um, for me the climb up to Michigan Bluff that's that's kind of where you start to I think you know or that's the section where you kind of start to get into the burn scar um, and you know it it definitely felt warm but uh, you know it certainly we didn't have the you know the heat that Western is is known for this year, with you know it being I think the fourth coldest race of of history, um, and so probably definitely got a little spared through that section. But um, I know for me coming out of El Dorado Creek, even though it was a climb up to up to Michigan Bluff, um, it felt more gentle than um, the climb up to Devil's Thumb. And, and again, knowing that crew was going to be there um, was a, a boost to my spirits to kind of pick back up the pace and, you know, um, keep, keep moving forward. Um, I told, I told my pacers when I picked them up at um, Forest Hill later that I feel like devil's thumb for me is where my silver, silver buckle dreams went to die. Like I had felt great kind of running up to that point and then just didn't, you know, just um, wasn't able to get up it as, as, you know, efficiently as i'd hoped and but you know was was able to rally and, and keep it moving forward and you know i had i had you know I, um i run the section from michigan bluff to forest hill earlier in the week and so getting to michigan it felt like familiar territory and that was that was a big boost for me yeah for me um running that section like it out of robinson and um yeah it's 
basically just a lot of downhill, but it's, um, it's smooth and it's runnable. Um, I don't, it's funny. I don't have a whole lot of memories, um, from like Miller and Dusty and, uh, last chance other than, um, I, I noticed that it was definitely getting warmer and, the the dryness around there um i really noticed how dry it was and you know and I've, I've been out west before um i you know i know the air is dry and everything but it's like everything just seemed like all the all the um the ground just seemed like it was uh like moon dust almost i mean it was just so powdery smooth and dry and um so I just, just anecdotally, I kind of recall that, but, um, yeah, after, after last chance, um, going down that, um, that steep, uh, switch back downhill and, um, getting down to the Canyon and then climbing back up in the devil's thumb. Um, that's, I, I would say that's where my silver buckle dreams went to <laughs> <down also. laughs> Um, probably happens recall. to a lot of, it probably happens to a lot <laughs> yeah, of people. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not unique there, I don't think. No, definitely not. I think it was, you know, the, the culmination of all the downhill um, and then having to do that that big, tall climb uh, up to Devil's Thumb. Which it's a steep climb, and it's hot. Um, you know, it's, it's exposed. Um, <clears throat> climbing up there, I just, I just recall really – feeling that like my legs just did not have it anymore and Mm. and it wasn't it wasn't something where it's like i I don't feel like hiking or i don't feel like running it was just like i just don't feel like i like i I just i can't you know i just can't really do the pace that i want and um climbing up devil's thumb i recall like um, several points where I'd like the more effort I would put out, like I would start to get nauseous. So I would kind of back it down and the, like that nausea would go away. Uh, but I recall I was doing, you know, I think it's like 23 minute miles. That's yeah. what I recall going up. Oh. Thumb. Yeah. And I got up to the top to the aid station and plopped myself into a chair. I just needed like a couple minutes <laughs> You know, yeah, I kind of collect myself, and uh, this old guy he walks over to me and starts interrogating me. So he's like, <laughs> have, you, "Have you run any hundred miles before? Hundred mile races before?" I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I am so not in the mood to talk to anybody. <laughs> he's like, "Have you run this race before?" No. <laughs> he's like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to let you sit here very long." I'm like. I don't want to sit here very long. Yeah. <laughs> so, I finally ended up leaving the aid station just to get away from the guy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> um, which you know, I'm kind of joking about the old guy, you know, berating me up there. But you know, all my interactions, like uh, one of you guys mentioned earlier about the uh, all the volunteers and everything. Um, I will say, all of my interactions with all the aid station volunteers here were phenomenal. Um, it was, it was awesome. Every single aid station that I would come into, like somebody would be on me right away, like yeah. grab my bottles. Hey, what do you need? And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like typically, you know, maybe someone will fill up a bottle, hand it off to you and, and they're done with you. And like, no, somebody would stick with you the entire time that you're yeah. in the aid station yeah. until you left. Yeah. And I thought that was a, that was just amazing. 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a little, I, I don't, I was not in a good headspace by the time I got up to devil's thumb because I knew what lied ahead. I mean, I, I, um, I knew there was a, a big long downhill down to El Dorado and then another climb after that. So, um, all the way to Michigan bluff. I mean, I, you know, I made forward progress, but it was, um, you know, not as fast as I wanted to be. Um, my stomach started, uh, really turning on that lot on that climb from, uh, El Dorado up to Michigan. And I just, I couldn't, um, didn't really have the desire to eat anything. Uh, I just kept getting nauseous. So I was like popping ginger chews and chewing on those. And I was helping a little bit. Um, and then started noticing the time also. I'm like doing math in my head and, um, started realizing that I'm going to have a problem because I don't have a light on me. And I don't have a drop bag at Michigan Bluff because uh, my drop bag is at Forest Hill. And I'm realizing, starting to do the math, I'm like, I'm not going to make it to Forest Hill before dark. <laughs> so um, I ended up getting to Michigan Bluff, though, and um, I, I got really nauseous by the time I got there, ended up throwing up. Um, and got out of Michigan Bluff and got on my way. But um, so that was, uh, yeah, that was not a good section for me. Um, just the, the heat and the effort required to do that section uh, really got to me. And like, really, um, again, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I was, I, I, I had good training as far as like general ultra training, but. Um, I was undertrained for the amount of climbs and descents in this race. And at that point, that really caught up to me. Yeah, I think um, kind of took a <laughs> – I kind of went through the same thing, very similar, um, you know, feeling pretty good. Then I started battling with nausea. Um, I think I got behind in my nutrition, really. That's what my crew thinks, and they're probably mm -hmm. right. Um, so it was kind of off and on, you know, just trying to stay mentally tough through it all. But, um, you know, yeah, you, you, you take that descent in the devil's thumb and, you know, and then back up and you're like, wow. And, uh, you know, of course I had a past experience with it. So I remembered, you know, you know, how I was feeling, what, what was going on in my mind at that time. And, um, you know, I said, well, you just got, you just got to go for it. But that climb out of there just felt like it took an eternity. Yeah. And um, I was off and on with the, you know, the nausea, but, um, you know, finally getting to the top, you're like, oh, thank goodness we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We've arrived. <laughs> we made it. And I, I knew that was probably, that was probably, that has to be the worst climb, I would think, you know. Um, but then, uh, you know, thereafter, just kind of, you know, collected myself on the top of that, uh, at that aid station. Uh, nobody interrogated me or berated me. or. <laughs> <laughs> how, however, the last time I did in 2019, they had uh, like some nurses and all these people around me. I must have, uh, you know, looked like I, you know, just hopped off the set of uh, Walking Dead or something. But uh, are you sure you're okay? Are you all right? Are you eating? You know, yeah. all these questions. I'm like, I'm fine. But you know, it's like, <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the worst when you start questioning yourself. You're like, I don't feel that bad. How bad do I look? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, get, getting out of there and then, you know, just kind of cruising along. I started feeling a little bit better, you know, it was kind of off and on with the nausea, but, um, you know, just getting that climb. I knew that was just a big piece of this race is getting through there the best I possibly could. And, um, you know, definitely I, I was able to get it done. Thank goodness. And, um, you know, just kind of cruise down from there, but uh, yeah, the nausea, I kind of battled with that off and on throughout, uh, most of the race until probably, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe about four or five in the morning or something like that. I don't even remember. I started feeling better, but, um, um, you know, and, that, and that's where the crew are so helpful. Uh, my friend Kelly was pacing me and she just kept making me eat. And, you know, when you get that nausea, you're like, I don't want food. I'm good. No, you got to eat. So <laughs> you gotta eat. I, I, I don't eat ham and I'm eating a ham wrap. That was her husband. <laughs> and she's just like grabbing food here, eat this. And, you know, I felt like I couldn't taste it, but I literally, I managed to get about a half of a wrap down with uh, like cheese and ham and lettuce and, you know, things started feeling better, but that's where, you know, crew is so important. Cause if I was on my own, who knows what I'd be doing? You know, I, 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 I mean, we know that we got to get that nutrition, but sometimes it's hard to force feed ourselves. But uh, yeah. yeah, after devil's thumb, that was, that was a big piece right there for me getting through that. Yeah. What's cool for the Michigan bluff aid station, you know, Greg Lawson from Florida, he was out there the uh, Miles of Marty podcast guy, Marty Gardner, he yeah. was there. And obviously, you know, you got Tom, Tanya Olsen, too. Yeah, I don't remember anyone there. I was uh, a <laughs> pickup truck. Uh, <laughs> get on a fence. I said, Michigan Bluff for me is like, I knew my crew was there. It's like, I didn't even go through the aid station. It's like, I rolled kind of where it drops into the street. It's like, I saw my wife. I'm like, where's our stuff? And like, yeah, just totally forward, forward, you know, skipped all the wonderful volunteers and, and folks that they had there. Zach and I actually uh, met Marty there at the finish line a little bit later. He came up to us shortly after Zach had finished. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't tell you who was at that aid station because I was intent on getting to my crew and getting out. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good thing because they were at the medical tent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, try, not to, try not to talk to anybody at the medical tent if you don't absolutely have to. <laughs> you know and come to come to think about it i know we mentioned game plans and i forgot about that uh getting in and out of aid stations was one of my top plans and i think Definitely. i executed that pretty well for the most part um i don't feel like you know i got hung up in any aid stations longer than i needed to yeah. um but um yeah i, I forgot about that because i just think that's so important when you get into these races you can kill a lot of time in an aid oh, station absolutely. and what do they Definitely. have they have 19 or something 18 20 i don't even know yeah. but um yeah you you could burn a lot of time yeah same yeah, yeah I, the goal go ahead zach yeah yeah i, I yeah i always uh just kind of that, that's a always a huge goal of mine is to get into an aid station and get out. So before, um, before I hit an aid station, I'm always pre-planning and like doing a kind of a systems check on myself. Like, what do I need? Do I, you know, what kind of fluids do I need? What kind of food do I need? And I've got a game plan so I can get in there and get out because you, you see so many people in races. They, they, I mean, they'll, they'll burn 10 minutes in an aid station yeah. and in a hundred mile race when you've got, 15 aid stations uh i mean you just can't do that <laughs> yeah yeah i think they had mentioned i think at the at the briefing that there's 20 some aid stations and if you spend five minutes in each of them it's an hour and 40 minutes worth of time which when you think about it, it's a, a lot of time even if it doesn't seem like it over the course of the, the day so 
that's always yeah same same as you guys said the goal is to get in the aid station get get what you need take take your food and, and get out um you know spend that spend that time eating and walking um yeah. not yep. um and i knew i knew uh, we talked about the snow i had worn a pair of like the the solomon uh cross spike shoes that had the built-in kind of lugs with them Oh, okay. um, and so I knew just to try to give a little bit of traction and I don't know if it made a difference or not, but I knew that I'd have a couple of longer stops at, at Robinson to change out of those. Um, and then ended up having a little bit of a longer stop at Forest Hill because those had caused some, a little bit of foot issues, blisters. So I had to change shoes again at Forest Hill. But, um, but yeah, the rest of the day, the goal was, you know, get in, get what you need and, and keep rolling. Yeah, I had the same thing at Robinson. I had kind of a planned longer stop there because I had a, a drop bag at Robinson where um, I didn't change shoes at all during the race, but I knew I wanted to change socks um, at Robinson because yeah. up until that point you had the, the Creek crossing and then all the snow, I knew they'd be wet. So, yeah. um, that was a good call. I'm glad I did that, but yeah. I also picked up, uh, picked up a, cu- a set of, um, had some like solar arm sleeves, yeah. um, had my sun- sunglasses. Um, so I took yeah. a few minutes just to swap that stuff out at Robinson, yeah. but mm. Yeah, a strategic stop. Spend a few yeah. extra minutes to get the things you know you need. So it's worth and, and that, time, and that, time and well just, spent. Yeah, I mean, that, that goes back to having a plan. And it, it's fine to spend 10 minutes at the aid station if you plan on doing it. Um, sure. Don't just like, you know, get into an aid station and then stand there and look around like, hmm, yeah. what, do I, yeah. what do I want? What am I going to yeah. do? Like, yeah. <laughs> true yeah and speaking of forest hill so you you obviously now you make your way to that forest hill aid station you've got three others you got three other aid stations before hitting rucky chucky you know what was it like getting there and you know how was the ride over the river forest forest hill for me was a, a highlight of of my race um i felt good coming into that forest hill was always kind of the aid station that when i thought about being at western states like i thought about coming into that because it's such a long stretch and cruiser along all sides of it and there's just so much activity and um and energy there and so to get there you know and you have a nice little downhill you know you climb up from up bath road but then you have a nice downhill into and through the aid station and i i just i felt so good through there um, you know, it was, it was starting to get dark. And so, you know, the temperatures were cool and, you know, again, see the crew, I was picking up my brother, um, to take me to Rocky Chucky. Um, and good to come through there that the, the, the cows, the three Calade stations, um, there's a little bit more climbing in that section than I expected. Everybody talks about Cal, the Cal street mm-hmm. section being like super runnable, but man, there were some some climbs or some steep downhills that I wasn't, wasn't expecting. Um, you know, they had a little bit of a reroute on the, on, on out of forest hill this year on the road. So I like that, but yeah, definitely a little bit more, uh, variation in terrain through the cow section than, than I was expecting. But, um, I was happy to be with, with my brother and it was cool to come up into Rocky and, you know, see the, see the lights down by the river and, you know, see the, the boats and they, they looked miniature. They looked like micro machines almost just kind of moving back and forth. And, um, but, you know, to get down there and 
hop in and, you know, have a, um, I don't, Zach and Joe, I don't know about you guys. We, I got there in a time where I was able to be in a raft with just, just myself and my bro and was a nice, you know, pretty quick ride across, uh, and just really neat, you know, to be in the, uh, that iconic part of, of the race, even if it wasn't in the daylight, like you typically see with the elites, but, uh, and not that I guess, you know, not that I expected it to be, but it's like everything you see about Rocky Chucky is usually in the daylight. And so to get there at night was kind of a cool experience and be able to, yeah, jump right in. Volunteers were great getting, the, you know, the, um, you know, the life vest on and off and yeah, just a really, you know, unique experience. Uh, and, and again, kind of one of the, you know, the neat stories I think about this year's race, because in years past, they've been able to control the flow. And so folks go across on the rope and kind of need to get to go across in a boat. Yeah. I, um, you know, coming out of El Dorado, Michigan bluff, right. We could get a pacer. That was the first spot. If we came in after 8 PM, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was. So, yeah. yeah. I was one of those fortunate ones. I, <laughs> I got in there after <laughs> eight and it's funny. I get up there. I kind of forgot about all that. I mean, it was kind of probably in the back of my mind. And of course my crew's up there and, you know, my pacer, she's like, are you ready to go? I said, I guess so. Yeah, let's go. I guess I, I realized, you know, I put two and two together. And, uh, you know, it was really though, going through all that was pretty solid. We were moving pretty well. I was feeling better. You know, at that point I was, well, I was being force fed, you know, for a few miles there, but everything was starting to come together. And, um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, just moving forward. But, uh, yeah, getting to Rucky Chucky is always cool. Uh, they had the boats ready to go. They were all lined up, I remember. And, uh, you know, just going right down there, it's just the two of us in the boat, you know, nice. no lines or anything. Um, yeah. the volunteers are so efficient. You know, yeah. Oh, this, this is going to take forever, but you know, in no time you got the life vests on and they're rowing. And I mean, I, it might be what 60 seconds to get across or a minute and a half. It yeah. felt like it was real quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is cool at night. I've, I've never seen it during the day, of course. Yeah. You know, the elites get to see it as uh, somebody there mentioned, but um, it, it is cool. I mean, as a cool piece, I would love one day to actually get to, uh, you know, go across the rope, of course, because when I did it sure. the first time, it was the same thing. We were on the boats. Oh, okay. Well, Joe, may maybe when you get in in two more years. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had um, I had kind of an interesting run between uh, Michigan Bluff and Forest Hill. Um, so I, I was looking forward to getting to Forest Hill because uh, that's where May was going to pick me up. And um, I mentioned before, you know, I had my plan A and my plan B was to finish. Well, that didn't really uh, – I didn't really take my plans into consideration when I was uh, making my drop bags. So mm. I did not have a drop bag at Michigan Bluff. Uh, my next one was at Forest Hill, and I also did not have a um, a headlamp on me. Um, we have these little clip-on, like, Amazon, like, lights that we can stick on our waist, and I meant to grab one of those, uh, but I didn't. So I had <laughs> no light on me, and... As I, when I got to Michigan Bluff, it was um, it was still light, but there was there's not much left. And um, Michigan sick at Michigan Bluff, and I tried to put a put a little bit of food down. And about I don't know half mile outside of Michigan Bluff, I ended up throwing up again, and it was just not good. But um, 
so I ended up using um, on my my watch. I've got the Garmin Tactics, and it has a flashlight mode built in. So wow. that's what I ended up using. Yeah, and I turned on the <laughs> flashlight on my Garmin and using that to get the forest hill. <laughs> so um, it worked. Um, I got the forest hill, and um, I, I, you know, May ended up finding me. Um, that was that was kind of a big unknown was Forest Hill is such a huge aid station. There's so much crew there. I'm like, I, I don't know how you find your runner. I, I think they were, um, I think they must've been announcing them though. Um, but she ended up finding me, uh, picking me up. And you know, I told her, I'm like, I am not feeling well right now. <laughs> so and she's like, okay, come on, let's run. So, um, yeah, we, you know, going down, um, going uh, through the three Calais stations, all that area, if my legs were feeling better. Um, um, but yeah, going down the, uh, through the three Calais stations, I mean, that whole section of the course, you know, I, I don't know that I was in a good headspace, you know, getting into Rucky Chucky, but um, I will say the, the whole Rucky Chucky experience was pretty awesome, though. Yeah. Um, it was like super efficient. You, uh, I think you hit the aid station first checking at the aid station and then um which we were like in and out of there then you get onto the boat um it was just may and i in the boat and i like how everything was set up and you hit the aid station first and then they kind of route you over to the boats and they're super quick getting your life jackets on um and may and i were the only ones in the boat i think we we're the only one at the aid station at the time but uh this this like young girl she's just a beast i mean she like flung the boat around like rode us over i mean it seemed like it was 30 seconds and it was done i was surprised at how quick it was um but it, it was nice getting out of the boat getting out of the boat and um climbing up the little hill they already had my drop bag sitting on a chair waiting for me um so uh grab some stuff out of there and then we were gone but um yeah it would have been uh neat to see it during the day but it's uh it's a pretty cool experience at night also and it's a cool experience um getting a ride on the boat going across so that was a lot of fun yeah because after rucky chucky you know you make it to green gate you got that auburn lakes auburn lake trail you know you got a you got a nice descent and uh climb at some point you know before you get before you get to pointed rocks, you know, how was it getting to pointed rocks? Yeah. So from, from the river, you know, that's about what, two miles up to green gate, that, that hike to me wasn't as challenging as I expected. And it's, you know, it's, it's steep, but it's, you know, it's a, a gravel road and, um, you know, it just felt like a real steady hike up, up there. And um, I switched pacers at green gate, picked up and, and, you know, the section through Auburn Lakes Trail, you know, kind of rolled a little bit. And I, I felt like I was, you know, still had legs to run. So she and I moved real well through that. She was she was super excited to get to the station because um, I've been to previously. It's like crew was there. And so I was kind of interested to just like go through it on our own, but just commented on like how, how big it was, like how bright it was. Like, you know, there was, you know, just a, um, it was really, you know, and now all the A stations were, were, were like that, you know, they, they're these beacons of, of energy and, and kind of the, <laughs> the night that you'd, you'd see. And, um, but yeah, we just, I, I feel like felt really good through that section. And then, um, then down to Corey road, 
Um, and so just to be able to move, move well at, at that point of the, you know, kept me in a, a good mental spot. Quarry road was super cool. It sounded like they had a live band as we came down. You could hear the music blasting down there and you have Scott Jurek and Hal Kerner, you know, with their crew running the aid station and they were just, you know, they're two legends of the sport and they just were, you know, hanging out like it was super cool it's like they like you want you know you want rice in your broth and it's just you know there's just guys being dudes and so it was it was um we got there and scott that was um kind of talking about the next section to pointed rocks um out of you know a mile or so out of quarry road is is the famous walmsley turn and so it was <laughs> that um can um you know, just because, again, a piece of kind of like um, to be able to see it in person this, this year. Very well marked. Um, <laughs> so, and when you see it at night and there's reflective tape and, and things, it's a little bit more more difficult to, to miss than I'm sure when you're running at course record pace. So, um, but yeah, just it was kind of neat to go by that landmark and then just, you know, climb up to, to Pointed Rocks and, you know, I – um, had run the section of, of pointed rocks to, to Roby point earlier in the week too. And so again, felt like, you know, get to that point, um, knew what was ahead, um, was going to be picking up, um, my wife, Kim to, to kind of take it home from there. And so just, you know, wouldn't admit it to myself in the moment, but, you know, was, was feeling confident that barring some unforeseen trip and fall that we were going to get it done. Even if, uh, you know, the, I, I had told my crew, it's like, you know, to, if they met me at Roby point and that was going to look one or two ways, either we were going to have to hustle to try and make a time goal. We're going to have to, you know, have, it was going to be more of a celebratory, you know, trip to the track and kind of knew coming into point of rocks that it was going to be the, the celebratory trip. And so just, you know, getting to that point, it was starting to get light in the sky. Um, just it's a really cool aid station kind of set there and, uh, you know, kind of this, you know, prairie, if you will. And I remember it being cold. It felt like it was cold there and my, my crew was all bundled up. And, uh, but yeah, just to get there and, and make that last trade off to pace or just, um, so. Yeah. My experience was not, uh, not quite as positive as yours, Tyler. <laughs> um, from I mean I my I think my nausea was still was was still ha- was still hanging around. Um, I really wasn't getting in the calories that I needed to. Um, although um, May was doing a phenomenal job of <laughs> crewing me and pacing me and you know telling me to eat um, and you know motivating me to me me to go on, but. <clears throat> Yeah, my um, my legs at that point had just—I just felt like they just had it. Uh, about you know, I remember um, I remember hitting Quarry Road, and um, I was doing more of like a uh, shuffling kind of run by the time I got there, and uh, I really wasn't even paying attention to my surroundings. So you know, hearing you describe um, uh, the the aid station there, like I. I don't know if Hal Corner was there when I got there or not, because I didn't see him. Yeah. But 
um i did see uh scott jerk and that was kind of like on our way out of there like he just kind of popped it you know popped <laughs> in my my vision there and you know he, he gives us a whole spiel about uh Wamsley's turn up ahead too okay. which was which is great um so that was that was actually i mean that was a neat boost seeing scott there though it's it's you know it was fun running into him um and i mean that's just like there, there's so many other, you know, I'll say like running, ultra running celebrities um, that you see around the race. And so, you know, he's just one more of these uh, phenomenal athletes um, that, you know, that, ha- that has so much history in the race himself uh, that he just, you know, decides to come out and volunteer and help out. And, I, and that's amazing. You know, I really like that. Yeah. So, the um, beauty of the yeah yeah um but i mean that was that was great uh it was great seeing him that was kind of a a bump um but you know i i think i had in my head i was just kind of down though because going up the pointed rocks was another climb and not that it was that huge of a climb i don't know what it is i mean 800 feet or a thousand feet or something like that but um, at that point my legs were just not working very well at all. So it was, I, I was just not looking forward to having to do the climb and then drop back down and then climb up again. So, um, yeah, I don't even recall the point of rocks aid station. I think we, I think we, we breezed through there. I don't think we really stopped. I think we, we went in, checked in and, and left. Um, but it's, you know, that was stark contrast from the beginning of the race where I'm consciously taking everything in. At this point, I was just kind of shut down to outside stimuli and just wanted to get the thing done. Yeah. And for, for me, um, I, I love to run at night, but, you know, there's that energy when that sun starts to come up. Yeah. And I really started feeling that. Um, I think I picked up my second pacer. I think my first pacer did about like, 25 miles with me or something. And then uh, the second one, I can't remember where we picked up. Was it Auburn Lake or something? And um, I remember, uh, you know, I'm starting to feel good. I'm drinking Coca-Cola like crazy. Like, it's the greatest thing on earth. I mean, I couldn't wait to get to the next aid station just to drink more Coca-Cola. I started thinking like that. And I remember uh, getting into that aid station. I didn't see Hal Carner, but I was just kind of getting my stuff because this was, you know, this was a quick stop and go. I'm not wasting any time here. And I turn around and I said, Hey, you're Scott Jurek. <laughs> like, I was almost like a Because, you know, like you said, uh, somebody on there said, it's like he just popped up out of nowhere. And that's kind of how I felt about it. And so next thing you know, I'm there chatting with him because I just listened to his uh, book, North, about um, him setting the record on the Appalachian Trail. It was like 46 days. And I was, I really enjoyed that book thoroughly. And I just had so many questions about it. I'm thinking, I gotta go. I really gotta go. But it's really funny because he was just, I mean, he was just willing to tell me everything about the book. And, uh, you know, just um, um, just the difficulty and, you know, the trail. I knew it was really funny. He said, you know what? That FKT was very difficult, but I think it was more difficult getting this book written and published uh, in the time that we wanted to get it done. That's what he said. He said, I think uh, the AT record was actually easier, 
which uh-huh. was kind of funny, but it, it's a great book if you get a chance. And, you know, uh, by that point, I'm like, okay, I, I do have to go. And it's like, hey, Scott, thanks. He's like, oh, yeah, now make sure you're going to go up here. You're going to make a left turn. you got to go left. Look for the signs. It's marked. You can't miss it. And I said, all right, awesome. Thank you. And so now it's in my head. I'm like, I really need to look for this turn. It can't be that bad, in which it wasn't. It was marked really well. But he was going to make sure nobody was going to miss that turn. That was <laughs> so super nice. Guy. It was so cool running into him at the end like that. Uh-oh. My friends who have been out on the, the Hard Rock course for most of the day just, just got back from the hotel room. Yeah, I would be exhilarated like that too. Screaming. <laughs> so, Sounds like they had a good time. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah. It's been a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, oh, no, this, this bad boy is in the podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, one of my goals is to get to Hard Rock one day, so uh, I'd like to hear that excitement. Um, Well, (laughs) I think I think the excitement is is that they're they're done moving for the day. It's been uh, hard, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, um, you know, we get through that aid station with Scott Jurek, and then uh, Point of Rocks. I don't really remember. I was, I mean, I was feeling good. We were, you know, we were hiking well. you know, it's um, at that point, like I said, when the sun started coming up, I got that nutrition a few hours prior, probably, you know, four in the morning. I was starting to feel better, maybe a little bit earlier. And uh, yeah, it was it was neat seeing Scott Jurek, though. And it, it's funny, whoever said it's like he just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt. <laughs> you know, I was, was going to interject, Joe. I mean, we've um, we've talked to Scott a couple different times. We saw him at uh, the Boston Marathon in 2016 and chatted with him a little bit there. And then um, we saw him. We were out in California for uh, the lottery drawing like three years ago, and he was out there at the Sacramento airport for some completely different reason. But we ended up seeing him at the airport and recognizing him and uh, walked up to him and started chatting with him. He, he just, he's like just the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can just walk up and he, he will talk to you forever. Yeah. Super nice. Absolutely. It was really cool seeing him. And, you know, I felt pretty pumped up after leaving that, uh, that aid station, you know, chatting about the book, like I said, because I really enjoyed that book North. And I just, you know, I think it goes to show just what a, what a cool community we have as, as ultra runners where you have some of the, you know, the biggest, you know, names in the sport who are just, well, take the time to come out and support a race and, and, you know, chat with you and, you know, do whatever they got to do to, you know, keep them moving forward. I think that's something you don't, you don't see that in a lot of, you know, a lot of sports and it's one of the things that makes ultra running so cool. Oh, absolutely. I agree. 100%. And I would, I think um, somebody mentioned earlier about some of just the, the dusty runnable sections of, of the, the course earlier. Just to do like pointed rocks towards Roby in the daylight um, or, you know, well, I guess I mean, maybe timing wise, you, you got to daylight, but like that section of trail was super, I, I loved it, man. That, but that pointed rocks aid station just was just really, really neat. Yeah. And speaking of Roby point and speaking of like legends of the trail, you know, from Roby, from pointed, ro- from pointed rocks, you head to Roby, then you head to the track, you know, AJW's out there. You know, how did those final miles go? 
I, I'll tell you, for me, um, you know, the best feeling is when you know you're going to finish. And somebody mentioned earlier, unless you break a leg or something, you know, you're going to get there. And at that point, it was feeling pretty good. Um, for me, I was with my sister at that point. And uh, I remember uh, there was a guy who said, yeah, I was here for the training run and da-da-da. And he's like, we're going to go up here. And I remember all the climbing. He said, "Now we're going to see a gate. And it was really funny. We come up around a curve and everything. And I look over. I said, there's the gate. And they come around. They're like, there's no gate here. And I'm like thinking, okay, maybe I'm hallucinating. (laughs) Or maybe I was just anticipating. And uh, it was really funny because, yeah, there was no gate. The gate was still a couple miles away. But, um, yeah, coming into Roby Point, I mean, just the, the people out there supporting it, uh, it was just phenomenal. I mean, the support, there goes my dog, the support is just something else. Um, and I remember getting up there and just, like, people just cheering. There was, like, a, I, I felt like the road may have been blocked somewhere, but a bunch of people were just lined up around there and just cheering like crazy and um you know i mean going down the road and i remember at that point now you know i got a couple others from my crew had joined us where we got about a mile to go or something and i remember it was the sweetest thing uh this uh, little girl she was uh handing out bracelets and they had like different names for like no hands bridge and michigan bluff and all that and she gave us a couple bracelets and uh it, it was really cool. I, I thought it was the sweetest thing. Um, but, yeah, that whole section coming in on that road before the track is pretty incredible with all the people and the support. I, I thought that was surreal. I'd never really – I mean, that just the amount of people that were out there um, and, and the personalized attention that, you, that each runner got from all the spectators I thought was amazing. I mean, it wasn't – It was. there were people who were just cheering, but – there's so many other people who are like, oh, man, congratulations. Good job, you know, and like actually engaging us individually. And it was it was really neat just to see how many people were out there. For me, it's I, I, it has everything to do with like the time of day that I that I came in there, um, got into Roby Point was with my wife. It was great to, you know, the sun was, was rising. It was like starting to, you know, beautiful on the trail coming across. Uh, no hands bridge and just you know that that area is just gorgeous and you know you come up to the point aid station's excited you know i think at that point it's like i was off the trail it's like that's when i like would let myself say all right like we got this you know because even even in the few miles you know from um you know from pointed around from no hands to Roby it's it's pretty gentle terrain and like you know Kim kept looking over me and smiling and taking photos and it's like I was still very like focused on the trail it's like just keep moving don't 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 lose it here um so I was super happy to get to Roby you know pavement at the end of a hundred miler never never as fun but it, it, it felt so good but the time of day that I was there was before a lot of the, the neighbor neighborhood was up and, and out. And so that stretch through the roads for me, kind of like an early morning Sunday run when you just, you know, the, the mm. town's pretty quiet and um, there wasn't a lot of, of the, uh, you know, that excitement that, um, that Joe and Zach described. Um, and I remember one and there was, a, 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 it looked like a, a father and son, had a pop-up tent over on, it was our left side. 
and you know they were fast asleep and you know bundled up in their sleeping bags and it's like man i can't imagine like how late they must have been up and you know they were right there ready to wake up and and welcome welcome all the runners into town but for me it was a pretty quiet trip down the uh down the road uh, but no better feeling than make coming over that iconic white bridge you know making the left turn and then you have a downhill um that's kind of where most of my crew would come out to join us and it's like to uh, sail just kind of there you know go through the little opening in the fence and i don't know that i've ever been so happy to be on a high school track um to take that you know take that lap around and um AJW Andy Jones Wilkins was was on the mic when when I finished and so to hear him kind of read off the you know whatever I had put on my put on my card and I think he made a comment that all of the seven races that I had done as qualifiers didn't add up to the amount of vert that Western States had so <laughs> <laughs> he's probably right um, but it was just it was real neat we you know I was I hit the track in a, a time when I had kind of I had it to myself. Um, and so that was kind of a, a neat, neat experience to be able to just take it all in. And, um, you know, even if it was, even if it was quieter than I had imagined it might be. So certainly, certainly not complaining, just a different experience than, uh, than others have. So, yeah, that transition of just hitting the track and making it to the finish line, crossing that finish line. It, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you really, so you really feel – yeah, it is. Um, even before you make it onto the school grounds, when when I was there, there were um, people outside where they had a, the live video feed going. Yeah. Um, and so there were somebody running with us, you know, with the, yeah. with the camera in front of us taking video. And then getting onto the track, there's more people taking video, and you hear the announcer and um, – like I, I don't know. You, you feel the full emotion of of what has transpired, you know, in the past twenty something hours. I mean, you 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 really feel it, and you can. It, it wasn't even that I was, you know, feeling like oh, finally the end of the race. It was just, it was just like all of just everything that had built up getting to the race and through the race. I mean, you could just feel everything at that point. So it was a real, it was a real emotional experience, um, you know, getting onto the track and taking that lap around and, and going through the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know this time, you know, I got, I get to the track and, uh, I said, I am running it. Cause the last time, I mean, I was so busted and broken, <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard to do anything, you know, let alone run. Um, and, I, you know, and it's interesting, though, because in retrospect, I mean, I was fine with it. You know, I said, you know, I'm just going to take it in. The crowd was fantastic. But uh, this time I said, I am running this thing. And it was great. All the high fives and just the crowd. I came in at just over 29 hours. And, you know, that's the golden hour. And I think people just go crazy during the golden hour, which is a lot of fun, you know, of course, for the runners. But uh, all the high fives and everything and the camera guys running with me, you know, and he's giving me thumbs up and everybody's just, uh, you know, so supportive. Uh, 
It is, um, you know, I, I tell you, we are, we are very blessed to, you know, have a sport like this, have a race like this. You know, I call it a Super Bowl of ultra running to me. And I mean, I'm not the first to have ever said that, but I really believe it is. And, uh, and we're very fortunate. And it's pretty cool when you put your feet, feet on that track and you know we're going to finish it. And it's like uh, whoever said it on there is like, oh, I'm glad I'm finished. No, you almost feel like it kind of stinks that it's over now. I mean, yeah. you know, it's got to have an ending, but it, it was, yeah, it's something else. And anybody who's passionate about this sport, uh, if they, you know, I just pray for them that, you know, maybe one day get that opportunity to, you know, go through what we've gone through, get on that track and make that lap because it is, uh, it is incredible. And I would tell you, just like being it, being in the in the the stadium there as Golden Hour happens, and as you see this, I think there was over sixty folks who finished within that last last hour, yeah. and to know have like have been through, and just again the energy from the crews, the crowds, and it just it just crescendos as you get closer and closer to that. Um, that 30 hour cutoff and it's just like you know as those final finishers hit the track I mean it's just I mean I'm getting goosebumps right now just even thinking about it but it's just it's you it, I mean it's it's just a remarkable thing to to be able to experience just that collective uh, you know push for these folks that have been you know grinding it out for nearly 30 hours to just you know get around the track and, and get there before the um, you know, the clock strike. Um, and, you know, this year there was a, a um, you know, well, one guy who had, had just missed it and just, I don't know, it was like this just massive swing of emotion, right? The excitement of the final finisher to someone who had gotten so close. I think he was just, 30.02. Say that again? Yeah, so I think he finished in 30.02. He yeah, did, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As Lucy, Lucy Bartholomew's dad, I think a lot of people in the sport know know of mm-hmm. Lucy, and um, it was his tenth yeah. year. I think it had taken him ten years to get in, and it's just just heartbreaking to see you know him, you know, heartbreaking and, and uplifting all at all at the same time to see him you know cross that finish line, even if you know even if it was a couple minutes, you know, probably later than he would have would have hoped but just yeah the golden hour was to experience that in person was unreal yeah well yeah because what what was it like to actually what was it like to actually be handed the belt buckle you know like what's going through your mind <laughs> me the belt the thing that was so unique about western is is they don't you don't get your belt buckle when you cross the finish line you you yeah. get your belt buckle at the award ceremony that happens you know, a, a couple hours after, you know, the race is over. Um, and so, you know, it's a little bit different, right? A lot of hundreds, it's like you finish, they hand you your buckle, you know, you may hang out or you may get in the car and, and leave. And um, so to have to kind of be able to like, or to have to like either stick around, which is, is kind of, what we, I guess we, we did go and get showered and then came back, but to, to kind of be in, be in the, you know, the stadium to, um, Began to be able to experience the end of the race was was really unique and really powerful. Um, and then you know to go through the ceremony where you know they call up the the champs in the top ten and just to see everybody, you know, um, and then to hear your name called, um, you know, the time announced, uh, you know, pretty pretty amazing to you know walk across the the stages as it were. Of, 
um, Dylan Bowman or Magda Magdalena Boulay and, you know, the members of the chair and just, again, it's like, you almost don't want it to end. Um, but also just a real proud, proud moment, uh, for me, um, definitely just, uh, um, finally, you know, have that buckle in hand that again, had, had, we had all worked so hard for. And, you know, I think also uh, that award ceremony is just a reminder, you know, of, of how big this is. You know, this isn't just, you know, like you, you said, that 100-mile race, you get to the end, there might be three or four people there applauding you. There's your buckle and, you know, do whatever you're going to do. Um, you know, what? it's a big deal. And, uh, yeah. you know, that is just, you know, them saying this is a big deal. This isn't just another 100-mile race. I mean, it's Western states, you know, and uh, – and like like we said, you know, through this whole discussion from, you know, packet pickup to the race all the way through, I mean, it's just everything is top notch, you know, it's top shelf. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's a Super Bowl of ultra running. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's Western States. It's, it's apparent throughout the weekend to just build on that, like how much the, the community that surrounds the race cares about the race. I mean, to yeah. hear the, the stories of the amount of, you know, hours of volunteer work that, that went in to get the trails ready to, to run with the, the snow and the effects of the fire and just all everything that, you know, the, the, the folks who are so passionate about this event um, put, in, put into the race to, to make it the big deal that it is, is just to, to been a, you know, be able to experience that again it's just kind of a surreal you know moment of, of gratitude and, and, and yeah to what you said joe like to have that that ceremony at the end you know recognizing you know all of that just really shows how big of a the you know, western states really is and, and it's 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 really cool too is because you know the finish whether you're first or last it's equally as important and that's exactly how they treat it yeah. You know, every single one of us, you know, our finish was important. Yeah. And uh, I remember in the beginning uh, as well, I think in one of the meetings, um, somebody said maybe on the stage, they said, now be prepared. You're going to hit some of these aid stations. You might say you want to drop. They're not going to let you drop. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to force you to keep moving forward. Basically, yeah. worse to that effect. And it's true, you know, and uh, it's so worth it in the end. You know, you get to that finish, you, you go through that you know, the ceremony, get the buckle and you're like, yeah, it's worth it. It's so yeah. worth it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I guess we can start closing it up with, you know, what was the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Western States 100? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'll, I'll take first crack, I guess. I mean, again, good. The heart, it's... Good, I think, is just is the event in itself. All of the volunteers, the incredible amount of support um, from everybody that's involved with the race. Again, all the effort that went in to make the race possible with the the challenges that the area had, you know, since last year's event uh, with the fires and really bigger than racing. Like, um, you know, very just again gratitude, you know, to be able to again, realize a dream and, and realize it in a way where, you know, the, you get to run the original course, like just, just to be a part of it, I think is, is the good. I, I don't know that there was, I don't, I wouldn't say there was anything bad because again, there's just so much, um, 
community around the event, support um, within the event. Um, I yeah, I have I have nothing nothing negative to say at all about any any part of a weekend. Um, even Devil's Thumb, as much as I cursed it at the time, <laughs> part, that's that was that was probably that for me that was the ugly, you know. Um, but again, that's just that's just part of what you know the challenge that Western states is, you know, and it's, um, you know, you just got to You got to go through it to, uh, to, you know, those those are what that's what I don't know that's what makes ultra running ultra running right like you work through those those ugly moments to you know get as far as you can and get to that finish line and just you know be proud of everything that went into pushing further than maybe you thought you could you know in the moment um yeah just um all of all of the ugliness for me was things that i brought on self so um, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't necessarily feel like some of those words are necessarily adequate to describe, you know, the experience as a whole, but just overall, um, uh, you know, a memory of a lifetime. And that's well said. Uh, totally agree. You know, any trail race, you have your ups and downs, right? And, but it's really the reason we do this is for the experience. I mean, we know there's going to be bad, there's going to be ugly, you know, we're going to be challenged. But it's how we, you know, persevere, how we push through, you know, and it's, you know, it goes back to the team, you know, the, whether it's training or, you know, getting the team out there on the course with you to help you get through, um, you know, the, the support, the volunteers. It's, um, you know, it, it's really the experience and it's it is a great experience. And even even if you DNF or you know, you come in after 30 hours or something. I mean, it's still that experience that nobody can ever take away from you. And um, I mean, it's just, it's so rewarding. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. I tell my son this, uh, you know, sometimes they don't finish first in their basketball tournaments. But I said, dude, sometimes, you know, they'll take pictures for second place, for instance. I say, sometimes you need to smile because you get to do this. You know, you should feel fortunate. You should feel blessed. Yeah. It's a gift. Okay. And that's how I feel. You know, I go through these uh, races. And for me, it's an experience that's going to have challenges, but it's so rewarding in the end. And, uh, yeah, I good bad ugly it's all good it's western states it was um, it was better than good right it was great. <laughs> no matter what yeah. happened in that race it was it's, great it's, it's gooder right it's gooder yeah, yeah. I, I got the sunglasses too speaking of that but yeah i know we got such cool stuff in our swag Chill, bag. killer swag <laughs> um for me i mean i, I can't really add, add anything to that i mean um i will say the as far as good, um, it's 100% the, the people um, because this race is put on uh, by people who care about the race deeply. I mean, way more than I care about the race. I and mean, people who whose lives are dedicated to this race yeah. um, and the, the volunteers that, that come out, um, you know, whether they're, you know, ordinary people or all the, uh, all the uh, elite runners that come out. Um, just really amazes me. And I mean, you, you see that in most ultras, but it just seems like at Western States, that was just brought up, you know, a notch 
So definitely the good is uh, all, all the people that make it possible and make it this spectacular event. Um, nothing bad. I've got no complaints about the race. Um, that was, it was great. The, uh, ugly, um, I'll just say that, you know, hundreds are hard and you're going to have ugly moments in a hundred, um, (laughs) at some point. So, uh, I have my fair share of those here. And fortunately I was able to, um, with the help of my lovely wife pacer work through them and get it done. Exactly. Well, Hey y'all, this was awesome. Definitely. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. And uh, congratulations, uh, Zach and Tyler. I don't even remember how the, the connection was made. Yeah. That it's like Ty- off the Tyler, you were, from Florida. You know, it was at the, it was like at the pre-race meeting and yeah. you were sitting there. I just happened to end up sitting like right next to you. And then May came over okay. and um, we, who were we talking to? We were talking to somebody and was it Carrie Mang? Name and, oh, it was Carrie Mang. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, Carrie, yeah. yeah, Carrie, mutual, yeah, good friend of ours. I think mutual friend yeah. of of the group. And so we mentioned your name to to Carrie, and Carrie like just she just turned her head and she's like, oh yeah, this is Tyler right here. Yeah, that's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that was cool. Yeah. The three of us together. Um, that was cool. I know there was one other Florida runner in in, in yeah. event that I did get to meet, but that, yeah, that was just. I don't know, really a fun, fun memory of just the pre-race of like, you know, yeah. like right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. I enjoyed this very much. And uh, it's kind of neat yeah. listening to the other, you know, Tyler and Zach talk about their experiences and kind of how similar a lot of, you know, what we went through or what we went through was similar and it's kind of yeah. neat. It really is. Yeah, I agree. It's it's interesting how how three people can have different races, but you know, different experiences. But the, there's so many similarities. Yeah. So if uh, if we get in next year, I guess we'll have to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys are putting in, right? I'm here for it. Oh, it takes I'll one ticket. So. That's it. I know. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm putting my ticket in. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, Zach, hopefully May gets in, gets in this time. And Definitely. I've got a couple of friends. I'd love to see them get in. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely pulling for them, pulling for them yeah, every if, year. If she does not get in and I do get in, there, there's going to be some problems. Here. How many tickets will she have uh, this coming she'll in? Have, she'll have 64. Or December 64. That's a pretty good yeah. number. But, yeah. You know. Cool, man. Awesome. awesome. Thanks again, Joseph. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Congratulations again to you both. It was, it was awesome. It was great meeting you. Zach, I've met before, but Tyler, it was great meeting you. And who knows, maybe we'll uh, catch each other on the trails again soon. Look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Have a good night, guys. All right. All right. Take care, all. And there we have it with the stories from the Western States 100 with Tyler Peterson, Joseph Joe Pinter, and Zach Hanna. And hey, they absolutely crushed it out there. And hey, until next time, and hopefully not a long delay like last time, but hey, until next time, happy trails.